And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. I'm Kyle. No Luke yet. <laughs> Weather. <laughs> give, it, give it to us again, James. We'll cut you off there. And I'm James. <laughs> oh, oh, he's got the crud. Yeah, people are going to think you're sick, not not trying to be weird. He's <laughs> <laughs> got water lung. I, um, I think that... You know, this is the second week in a row we've made accommodations to, to do the intro while you're in Arizona. That's more accommodations than we've given anybody else on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shows it shows how important you are to the success of this pod, James. So, uh, how was the uh, how was the ASU basketball game you went to? Um, pretty entertaining. Yeah, are you a sun devil now? No. Okay, good. Good job. You're making Kyle happy. Good job, Jace. They're, for the moment, conference rivals of USC. Did you give the forks (laughs) down? Don't they do that? Oh, yeah, I got a picture of the forks down. Yeah? James was just kind of going with it. Hannah, my daughter, appears to be a sun devil. She, like, was all over the mascot, great photos. Oh, boy. Yeah. You're going to want to... Change that course. Change that yeah, course. You don't want to go Most there. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you prefer a Big Ten school instead? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like a nice... Uh, nice Minnesota. Arts College yeah. in New Hampshire, maybe. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> James is working on his Zoom backgrounds. Is um, that a light bright? There's, there's a lot going on Oh, no, on it's here. the Grinch. Cool. Oh, that's Hannah at the light show. Nice work. Oh, there we go. Hey, so you made it through the whole game last night, huh? Yeah. What do you think? The first half was terrible. <laughs> Fair. I Indeed. Mean, we might go into a little bit more in depth on that <laughs> in the later in the pod, but not much. It was just bad. What what do you think they did at halftime to uh change those change those results in the third quarter? Bobby probably gave a huge pep talk. All right. I know that he told the team about the uh big comeback they had against South Dakota State University in the playoffs which was 13 years ago yesterday, so to the day. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, that's that. what the, that's that's what, cool. uh, the news, newspaper said. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, James, before you were born, makes me feel old. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what about the second half? What do you think? I don't know how they pulled it off. <laughs> I Same. think we're, we're pretty lucky to have Flowers and Bergen on our team, aren't we? Yeah. Indeed. Do you yeah. think that quarterback for for Simo was feeling a little bit hurt this morning? Yes. Yeah. Got a lot he took hits. like fifty hits. Fifty hits. I mean, it certainly seemed like that. Did you notice that up. every time the Grizz put him on the ground, he'd put his hand up to get pulled up, and the Grizz would never do it. Oh, really? I didn't see <laughs> that. Like, I was. I, I rewatched it today. Yeah. And I was like, I, I saw it a few times in <laughs> yeah. person. I rewatched it today on TV, and I was like, wow. You did it to O'Connell a couple times. Yeah, it was sort of like the come here. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It wasn't even like a stick my head up. It's like gesturing (laughs) for him to help him. O'Connell's like, (laughs) here you go. Now. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you after the game when we're we're talking about how great, uh, you know, this whole game was. Um, I saw a quote that that Robbie talked about after the game, how much he respected the way they played and how physical they were. And I was just thinking – of course, Robbie likes the team that plays after the whistle and has a little bit of a weird dirtiness to him. Weird, right? Yeah, so weird. So weird. James, what were your 
what were your biggest takeaways? And then let's talk about our next game. Probably just stopping North Dakota State's run game. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be trouble. Um, look what I got here. A jersey. Yeah, you know, if you were home, you you could have your really cool basketball jersey, but you're not. So, I guess I can show me it. the bat. It's got your name on it. Yeah. It says you got your number, number five. Yeah. All right. Um, so, do you think we're gonna win next week? got to think on it you you know in radio they don't like dead air <clears throat> they freeze nope he's thinking <laughs> james do you think we're gonna win next week i feel like it's gonna be a close game just because one of north dakota state's best running backs one of their best i can't remember who it is is injured or something oh Ludicky. the fullback, the fullback. Yeah. <clears throat> wow where where did you even pick up that piece of information ESPN fantasy messages. <laughs> There's fantasy college. <laughs> no, his got his fantasy league that we've talked about on the pod. Like he's there's Except an we active don't chat talk about in there, fantasy. Which which I've discovered gets around all of our parental controls. So ah, so that that controlled kids fantasy league that he's in with his buddies. Uh, I should probably monitor that. <laughs> well, we don't just talk about fantasy. The only fantasy thing is like Why'd you pass me in standings? Yeah, we most that we've turned that we've turned the fantasy chat into a Grizz chat. Right. Right. We'll allow it. That's oh that's kind of how the Grizz fan pod started. Are you guys going to start a Grizz <laughs> fan pod of your own? <laughs> Maybe. I um, I saw a bunch of your buddies tailgates. Um, you know that we we usually do, and uh, they they missed you. I also learned that a few of them listen to the pod, which makes me feel guilty about the way we talk. Get those children. Yeah. Children. Yeah. Oh fuck. Brett, <laughs> 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 mm. if I was there, I would slap you across the face. It wasn't Brent, it, it was Kyle. Kyle! <laughs> <laughs> I think James heard it in the car. He probably hears it in most football games. That remember we when we drove back oh from Salt gosh. Lake. Um so y- you think it's going to be close. Do you close. think they're going to win or lose? Still stewing on it, huh? Brent changes his pick all the time after this pod, so you you know you can say something now and change your mind later. Yeah, we won't we won't roast you next week if you get it wrong. Kyle might. Well, what if Kyle's not there? We'll call in. Good we'll point. call him on Zoom yeah. like that. We'll make it happen. And I'll, and I'll leave the chat. <laughs> James, <laughs> right, what, win or lose, win or lose. I was going to say, do you want to pick the other uh, playoff games first and then finish with Montana? Yes. Okay, here we go. New Hampshire goes to Holy Cross. Holy Cross. Holy Cross. Okay. Furman goes to Incarnate Word. Um... A little trickier picks today. Furman won last week. Incarnate had the week off. They're what, ranked sixth or seventh in the country? 
Big offense. Best passing offense. FBS of, transfer quarterback. Yeah. I think seventh or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So what do you think? Probably Incarnate Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gardner Webb, maybe the kind of surprise first round win, um, goes to William and Mary. William and Mary. Delaware goes to South Dakota State. If they were like a lower ranked opponent, like they switched with New Hampshire, I would say Delaware, but it's South Dakota State. Yeah. yeah. So I have to go with the Jackrabbits. Okay. Okay. Southeastern Louisiana, who won on a missed Idaho uh, field goal, um, goes to Samford. Who? What, Samford? Samford, we haven't heard of really at all through the past years, and then they just came up this year. They've been bad for quite some time. They've been around for a while, but they've, to my knowledge, I don't think they've got a lot of playoff berths. I think Samford. 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 Richmond Spiders. They go to Sacramento, play Sac State. That's a long trip. That's a long that trip. Is. Probably Sac. Sac State. Weber State gets the rematch they wanted. They go to the Cats. I think Weber can pull this one out if the snapper doesn't do terrible. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. Okay, James, last one. The Grizz go to Fargo, play North Dakota State. Montana. All right. All right. Oh, All right. Let's go. All, All right. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So we know they're going to get at least one pick yes. in this Woo! podcast. <laughs> I love that. What What was it, James, that pushed you over the edge? I don't know. Probably just um, the fact where um, – that the run game probably can be a huge difference now. I hope so. Interesting. Yeah. Do you, I, I kind of hope they play Gilman, speaking of the run game. I would we'll love it. talk more later about that. Heavily recruited by North Dakota State. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, James. Well, appreciate you hopping on here, bud. And uh, you get one extra day of Thanksgiving uh, break, huh? No, all your buddies are going back to school tomorrow. But you know what that means is I, I get another morning of not dropping you off at school. So <laughs> so dad can sleep in. Uh, you know, yeah. Do this pod a little bit later. <laughs> no, Five-hour pod. No. No. <laughs> no, there will be none. <laughs> All right, Bubba, anything else for us? like the background. Looks good. No, not really. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Love you, Bubba. See you tomorrow. Love you. See you, James. Bye, James. Bye. All right. James from warm, sunny Arizona while it's blowing snow sideways out the window here. Yeah, it's perfect. I spent the day putting up my my Christmas inflatable decorations, and now they're all blown around the front yard. (laughs) It came out of nowhere when I was driving over here. Like, it wasn't snowing. And then I got to your house, and I was in a full-on blizzard. My brother-in-law has been telling me that the the new system is going to blow in at some point. But He's a weather watcher? Here he is. Big-time weather watcher? I mean, apparently. Yeah. I got it right. Yeah, who knew? Um, <clears throat> well, 
That was a lot of fun. Let's just <laughs> let's just start there. Let, let, let's was, let's start on the positive. It was a lot. Can I just say that? <laughs> it, was a lot. It, it was the full it's gamut emotion. of emotions, yeah. right? Yeah. Anger, <laughs> rage. I'd like to say right now that our uh, our Twitter feed from throughout the game um, covers a large range of emotions, and we stand by all of them. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, the observations were valid. We got a few people really coming after us on Twitter about our kind of the whole Britt and Johnson thing. And Oh yeah. A like couple guys. Yeah. Johnson's a senior transfer QB and you know, he, he knows how to read mesh routes and all this and, da, da, da. and it's just, it's been interesting. You know, we'll, we'll dive into that too, but um, I, I, it was, what was fascinating about, especially the one person on Twitter that was really coming at us and tagging coaches and players and it is he's a, uh, he lives in Florida, and he's not even a Montana fan, and we've never interacted with him before, but then he jumps all down. <laughs> what was this guy's name? I don't know. Because um, I got into it with somebody, too, today. Sage or something like yeah, that? Something Stone? Like that. Or... I think he might work with that FCS Nation. Oh, I got into it with him today. With him? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy's an idiot. I mean, I'm just going to flat out say it. That guy, I hope he listens to this podcast, and he hears me call him an idiot again, because he didn't even know that Britt was a redshirt freshman. That's right. He thought he was a true freshman. Yeah. I just think so. He was an algebra three last year, and I was like, "It's funny because I think that uh, I think that Brent and this guy, Brent and this guy would probably be friends because he seems to think that the oldest guy should play no matter what. You know, Um, it's a solid point. It's a solid point. No, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, (laughs) So third quarter. Oh, we're just okay. No, I mean we we could cover the whole thing, but I just kind of want like QB club. We're just gonna get the good stuff, right? I um, (laughs) can't wait. That that's that that uh, swing there might might be on par with the most fun I've had in that stadium. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we've had bigger, more meaningful playoff games later. You know, in later rounds, bigger like maybe individual bigger moments moments. and like the App State end of the game, which you know, like that being like so bigger moments where it's going crazy, but it's like to be. So defeated, for yeah. lack of a better word. Oh yeah, you know. And then Flowers gets the kickoff. Then they miss the field goal. Then they actually put together a drive, the only nice drive all night. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I guess the two play where Xavier had a had yeah. a fifty two yard wheel route, and then they hit Grossman. Weird hit Grossman yeah. touchdown. Huh. Um, um, and then the, the, at that point, when we got within a score, and the. The stadium was loud. Yeah. You, you you could tell that the momentum had completely shifted. Yeah. And the defense just fed off of it. Three and out, and Bergen runs that touchdown back. Oh, man. That moment, like running up and down the aisle, hugging people and slapping hands and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That moment's one of those moments where that's as, as much fun as I've ever had there. Nice. It was yeah, weird, too, because it seemed – it's like when they punted it, I was like, he's going to return this. Like, I don't know why, but I just thought, like, it, it was inevitable that he was going to return that. And I think the other – like, why that was so much fun is the two scores, the things that completely shifted the game, essentially, were like, they're the two most fun plays in football. Yeah. Kick yeah. return and a punt return. Absolutely. I mean, that's those yep. are as fun to watch as it, there is, you know, I mean, both football, are in a like, span of, couple, like, four minutes. <laughs> four minutes, minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that was wild. And make no mistake, I mean, you know, the narrative, they all came back. And, of course, you know, the offense had to put some drives together and do some things. We're going to talk about this, but if we don't have Flowers and Bergen, we don't win that game. No. No, not at all. No. Not to mention that Flowers had 100-plus yards receiving for the first time in his career. 108 yards receiving is the wide receiver receiving high for the Grizzlies this year. Oh, yeah. Can you believe that? I I mean, I can believe it having watched the game. Yeah, right. I mean, but that's the first time we've got a – 
Eighty receiver over a hundred, right? Yeah, that's yeah. all yeah, all yeah. season. Yeah. Hundred eight was the high. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me in the least. I mean, with just the frustrations we've had with this offense of late, you know. So, um, of late of this season, <laughs> just inconsistent. <laughs> but yeah, the funny thing, and I mean, hopping ahead here, but just especially like that moment of the Flowers kick return. Honestly, the fact that he didn't catch it clean was probably, like, super-duper helpful. <laughs> did, he did it's, it earlier in the game, too, did, I thought. Didn't Mariani, when he had the return against yeah. South Dakota State, didn't he have a little bobble or something? Wasn't it so. not perfect or he almost slipped or something? I have to go back and look. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember so. Robbie, like, dropped that the kick, the field goal return earlier this year. Yeah, like, he put that, that on the ground, but that was something totally different. That was just kind of a... But I just think the parallels, like, you know, Mark Mariani's kick return kick-started us on that comeback. Flowers' kick return kick-started It shows you what having good return men can do. And we've got a few of them. And that was his seventh? Seventh. seventh. Ties That's the five. NCAA record, Ties right? the record. Yeah. The FCS record or all I thought of the it was NCAA? FCS, but I think maybe it was, it's FCS. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I, I, that, yeah and... He wasn't touched. I mean, that was. No. You go back and watch that too. I mean, the blocking was. The holes were huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> like I thought, I was watching that. I was like, "It's like, damn! It, I think it, I, I mean, could get five yards under yeah, return." Yeah, anybody this. could have returned that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was though. Like, uh, it helps that it's a night game, but like that, though, that like five ten minute stretch was like electric. Oh yeah. In that stadium. And, oh like, yeah. You can. All uh, the all these like opposing fans on Twitter this week can like show the pictures of of of, of mostly empty Washington Grizzlies Stadium, Which right? Which pissed me off. And, you guys and, like weren't. And Brent here is there. is pushing the narrative. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, like, what? you weren't there. Like that that <laughs> that crowd once it got going yeah. was and super engaged. I'm sorry. Show a picture of our general admission section in the south end zone, which yeah. is the last section that fills. Yeah, and be the, like nobody was there. I mean, there were thirteen thousand plus people there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's four times more than any, or three yeah. times more than any other game, and they were loud, and you could hear it on TV if you watched the game. And the the, the commenters commented on it. Yeah. So I don't really care. I saw some stuff too that uh, some family members of some uh, southeastern Missouri players were commenting that it was like the most rowdy and loud atmosphere that they've seen their kids play in over well, their kids' careers. In the fourth quarter, the <clears throat> playoff committee rep. Um, assigned to this game was down below us in the north end zone oh some guy from eastern illinois and it took us a while but we finally got his attention i asked if he was having a good time and he yeah. said yeah so you know oh, there we go i feel like i've done my part to be an ambassador for missoula how did you get his attention it did took a while did you throw a snowball at him? eastern illinois <laughs> eastern, <laughs> eastern illinois. illinois guy but it didn't help like so my wife and kids weren't here so i had uh one of my buddies <laughs> in the seat and and his son and he he had a, another buddy of his come join us too and it um He's from Butte, and he was hilarious uh, the entire game. And I, it was a great person to invite to watch the game with because it made everybody I sit around realize that I'm actually pretty normal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he was just like he was finding people, and like he he thought he he thought the guy on the sideline for Eastern Illinois wearing his red coat looked like Carson Wentz and not that he was Carson Wentz like he's not an idiot but he was all game just like hey give me Carson Wentz's autograph and like people were just dying oh my god <laughs> but anyway so he was yelling at this guy about his nice shoes and I was thinking mm. oh my god we're gonna get we're <laughs> he's gonna get us thrown out of the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen though didn't happen nice. it, was, it was also kind of fun to like I just kept looking over at their Fans like as it mm -hmm. started to turn, 
Yeah. And like, nope. you could just see like the life drain out well, of them. And we're like, we're really going to lose. We're really going to lose. They're this. pretty defeated. After we're really going to lose. Yeah. This. After that. Um, they were as negative as Brent was in the first quarter. I know. Yeah. Two minutes into the game. So weird. After that flowers <laughs> touchdown, I actually felt like that. You could see the momentum shifting and I kind of look over at their sideline and it was kind of like, you could tell, I think you could tell that they were getting a little nervous. Yeah. And it's like they, you know, you're, everything's going your way. And boy, a lot went their way. That QB would escape. You remember oh, yeah. Vernon, Ad, Vernon Adams a little bit with, uh, no, no, not Vernon Adams, uh, Barrier, where oh, oh, you'd yeah. feel like you'd have him in the grasp and he'd yeah. somehow <clears throat> get the ball away. And an Eastern receiver would make just a ridiculous catch. Like th- that seemed like that was the same sort of thing for them. Yeah. 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 I mean, amazingly, we only had one sack. Yeah. Just a lot of pressure. Just a ton of pressure. So, you know, we, yeah. the Flowers, they get the Flowers touchdown, then they give up a drive, but, you know, keep them in field goal range, and they miss the field goal. And I think that moment was, like, they started to know, like, okay, we... Trouble. Yeah. We're have trouble. And then easiest drive of the day. And, um, yeah, from there, it was fun to watch them on the yeah. sidelines. Should we kind of start from the beginning yeah. on this? Start at, start at the top. Let's get let's get to the. Oh, start, we have to drag ourselves. Start with the depressing stuff. Well, there was a first half, and <laughs> and it was terrible. And it was <laughs> forgettable and uh, criminal. I mean, it's like a, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. I, I'm well, that's not totally the case, but it was just like fumbled jet sweep, scoop and score. Um, yeah, just pressure is just a second too late and completed passes and they're running the ball on us and i mean it's it's just it was so that that i think it really felt like the grizz were just still like in a funk hungover from last week because they just nothing as as flat as i've ever seen them start and they have started the games flat this year a lot absolutely not all of them they've had some nice touchdown drives early in the year we were talking about how great it was that we'd have opening drive touchdowns yeah um i mean if you look at like the the drives, right? Like, I did. I forgot my computer at home, so I'm doing this on my phone. But like, four plays, nine yards. Three plays, seven yards. That okay. was a touchdown. Yeah, uh, I think the fumble return. Seven plays, thirty six yards. Turn it over on downs. Three plays, two yards. Ten plays, forty nine yards. Results in a field goal. Mm-hmm. Five plays, ten yards. Punt. Three plays, eighteen yards. That's the first quarter. So yeah. we had to go through that. In and, the first quarter. You know what? That fumble that he fumbled, that's the third game in a row that Johnson's put the ball on the ground in, yeah. in opportune situations. And when you're in a defensive battle like that, to give the other team their first points in that manner, like, yeah. that can't happen. I specifically watched, too, when he went off the field, they didn't say a word to him. As he came to the sideline, like, and I did that because I remember watching when, mm-hmm. when Britt threw the interception against Eastern Washington, like, late. Yeah. Like, Bobby talked to him for, like, 10 seconds. Right, right, right. Like, in his face. Yeah. So, I was like, I wonder what they're going to do in this situation, considering this is not – I mean, this is an ongoing thing. Right. These fumbles have happened, right? I mean, this is the third – the third one that we've seen this year where it's just – Yeah, there's – and I mean, yeah. MSU and then Idaho State. And this one. And this one. Yeah. And th- nothing. He just runs off the field like nothing yeah. ha. happened. It's like, I don't – I mean, ball security is – Super important, you know. Like it's not something to screw around. Seem to think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, boy, though, yeah. I mean, we had because you had that fumble touchdown, then we turn over on downs, and then we had a three and out, and that was when 
you know, something I'd not seen in a while from Grizz fans, but the Boo Birds were out. Like, people were booing. Early. Yeah. And, and there were a little chance if we want Brit. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, it, was just, it was just, I don't know, that first half, it definitely felt like they were just going to, you know, slog through this whole game and have Southeastern Missouri just roll out of there with a blowout win. Uh, where the Grizz just didn't seem to ex- care for execution or anything. When we had the ball near, like, down near our goal line. Yeah. Third and ten, we just, we just ran a. I mean, we just gave up. Yeah. On that drive, they just ran like uh, got two yards and we punted. Mm-hmm. Like that, I mean, they just gave up. Yeah. Turnover on downs is fourth and one, and it's a hand to Xavier Harris. Yeah. Who loses two? It just that doesn't seem like it, it was just like it didn't make sense because like. So as, what are you as Harris showed us later, like he's a more dynamic open space kind of guy. Yeah. And obviously, <clears throat> we saw that Osmo at some point in the game got hurt. Maybe he was hurt there, but I'd feel like Isaiah Childs is maybe still the better option. Um, we know Gilman dressed out. It's just like even the decisions, like as from a fan perspective, like nothing made sense in that first half. Nothing. Well, it. you know, we've been big on talking about how we need to give guys reps, and so you don't want to be rotating too much. But I also think that there's a line where it's like, God, if something's not working, do something different. Well, it wasn't so much just like the reps thing, right? It was just like, you guys aren't doing anything, again, to utilize the playmakers you had. It took Bergen, I think, till the third series to even get on the field offensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, I, that I, like, I do not understand that. I mean, and then it wasn't until the second half where they started putting him in the backfield and actually, right? And it was working. Yeah, worked like, great. Oh, what a shock! You could put that guy in the backfield. Yeah, like it, obviously, I know it, it seems ridiculous, but it's like what a shock that we started taking advantage of some of our playmakers and also using some of them as decoys to get the ball to other playmakers. And we took a few deep shots to guys like Fonts. Yeah. And, and we, we actually hit one to Flowers finally. Yeah. And, oh, man. Right, yeah. right before that, I turned to the guy sitting next to me, my dad's friend, I go, don't get conservative here. Because I, I think we were in the lead at that point, right, when we hit Flowers. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, we were up by yeah. three. Up by three. Yep, up by three. And I was like, do not get conservative here. And then we hit a deep <laughs> shot, and I was like, where is this Ben? <laughs> oh. Right? Like, this, oh they, my God! This guy's this? fast. Yeah, weird. If we get a man coverage, like <laughs> we could send him deep. Like, it's just again, like it, it's just so frustrating to watch them just consistently just not utilize playmakers. Yeah, yeah. And I just I don't know. Like there was, uh, I like I I I don't know. I, I think I had like this thought of like, is this is this like being done intentionally? I know it wasn't. But if you follow me on Twitter, we got the Packers game in the background. I, I, I was, you know, pretty firmly believing Aaron Rodgers is once again intentionally sabotaging a season. He's got a broken thumb too, so that doesn't help. But I was like, what is going on? Like this isn't working to an, a, a, like a blatantly obvious level where you can't even like coach talk through it to be like, oh well, you know, we <clears throat> this that this guy tripped up or otherwise it would have been great. It's like it was just a massive like failure on all accounts out there, and it just kind of kept going through the motions and so i was just i was trying to figure out like like what's the intent here in this half like nothing it was yeah and fans were down and (laughs) you don't hear that not hear like booze it is very often it's been a long time since i have heard fans booing Mm -hmm. in that stadium in terms of booing the product of Effectively, the Grizzly offense. What's interesting is I didn't. I, I know there was booing. I didn't hear it as much as like 
other people heard it. It wasn't. It wasn't. Heard it, it wasn't bad. And I think some of it because I sit across from the student section, so I think some of it was coming out of the students. Um, so I, was, I honestly think that a lot of the booing was directed at the coaches. Coaches, like oh for sure. It just for people who pay attention, and I know that there's a segment of people who who don't fall into the camp of like things, you know, things aren't going well, you know, it's just like whatever. But you saw the play calling change from the first half to the second half, and it kind of illustrates what I think a lot of people have been trying to say, which is something's not working on offense, and we've been we've we've been hesitant to make any changes of any consequence. Right. And starting Johnson was obviously probably the right call, and I get why they're staying with him. He's a senior quarterback. I mean, I understand. That all makes sense. At the same time, boy, that offense in the first half was about as bad as it could be. Yeah, and Johnson didn't look good. And either. he didn't look good at all. No. And I actually think that if that third quarter had unfolded any differently, I actually think they might have went with Britt. Well, what did you see? Well, at, at half, as they were running off, Bobby grabbed Britt and told him something, and then Britt went and grabbed a ball. And um, that got me so excited. I, I, that was the only so thing that got me through the second. My the, hunch, the my hunch is <laughs> in that situation, what Bobby's probably telling him is, I doubt it would have been like, hey, we're pulling him at half. But it's like, hey, get be ready. ready because if we come out and we have another bad drive, we got to change things up. Yeah. So get ready. Yeah. But then before the offense touched the ball, we had a kick return because they had to come out and they had the long touchdown yep. drive. Yep. But then their stupid number 56, right? Um, who was chippy all night? A lot of them were chippy. Got all night. that that personal foul or whatever after the after the score. The touchdown. Yeah. So my first thought was, yes, they have to kick it to Malik. Yeah. And Malik, you know, runs back for the touchdown. Then they go back and miss the field goal. So at that point, it's like momentum's kind of shifted. So you go with Johnson. Then Johnson leads a touchdown drive, yeah. and you know, I think that kind of changes the outcome of the game. But um, I I think that if that hadn't played out that way, we might have seen him. We'll never know, but I think that I think that the frustration is valid. And uh, you know, we've got a I've got a text thread with some buddies who are all um, you know some of them are listeners, but they're all fans and lifelong Grizz fans. And there, there's pretty pretty mixed between people kind of thinking we should have switched to Brit. And then there's two guys in there who um, were kind of like you know if if they really thought he was better they'd be playing him like there's yeah. a reason they're playing the senior and it's like that's a valid mm-hmm. you know that's a valid place to be and especially after the game kind of worked out the way it worked out you can easily kind of look back and say see we were right um that being said johnson didn't even pass 50 percent. no it was 18 to 37 306 yards which is great but that's because we finally took some deep shots and hit a few of them. <laughs> yeah. Two touchdowns, one interception. The interception was bad. It was terrible. And like, the one he almost bad. threw again was He threw terrible. another one. And some of that's yeah. play calling. Because there's a couple of those where it's like, why are we why are we doing this low percentage thing to the end zone sideline, which he doesn't throw that well. Mm-hmm. Like, Doesn't um, that fade? That fade. Yeah. And it's like, why, why are we doing that? Like, you're mobile. Get him out there. And I actually think the only reason that the the offense changed in the second half, like play calling makes a big difference. It actually kind of seemed like they changed their blocking scheme a little bit too. Oh, really? Um, But I really think the biggest change was on that first play um, where the first actual drive that the the Grizz got where Johnson ran for 25 yards. Mm -hmm. And I think that that changed Simo's defense a little bit because they realized – 
oh, we can't just crash the middle. We actually do have to allow for this as a possibility. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the passing game opened up. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Well, we talked about that. Like Idaho and in other games as well too, uh, Weber, well, Weber, we didn't have Johnson, but Idaho especially recognized that if you take away the run game and force Johnson to pass and are able to pressure with just your front, he's not very effective. And Simo was showing that. I mean, you know, near, near goal line pick, fumble, a pick later that was that was just a bad throw. I mean, that was one-on-one coverage. It was probably the right throw. It was just bad placement. He went inside. Yeah. I don't know if he meant to, but I he mean, did. I don't have a problem, especially coming off a week where Flowers did make it. Like, it did work for him. Yeah, it worked out. You know? So, but so. yeah, but then all of a sudden, because like Sosimo, it was definitely, you know, pressure. He's not going to run. The run game's not a factor. And then suddenly he's 25 yards up the field. We're at midfield and we're moving. And it's like all of a sudden they've got to kind of revamp the whole thing and recognize that, he can be a threat with his feet and uh, you know, they've got some real problems now because it kind of goes in the face of their game plan. So if he, if he like, he seems to be like a rhythm guy too. Like very oh, much time. like, yeah. like if he's not in a rhythm or he's not feeling it, like he just sort of like, I, I don't even know like what it is really, but he just like, he's not nearly as dynamic for sure. I think like, I might have, I might've said this to you guys in a text message on our thread with Coulter, but I feel like he might be the streakiest good yeah. QB yeah. Well, that we've ever we had, had. Remember when we had good sell and bad sell? Yeah. I mean, yeah. not sell. Uh, Earlier. Uh, Burquist or No, Sneed? no, no. Sneed. Good Sneed and bad oh, Sneed. Sneed. Yeah. And we would always text, like, during the game, we'd be like, oh, it's bad Sneed. Yeah. You know? And it would be like that for, yeah. like, maybe a couple drives. And then he would sort of be the same thing. Like, yeah. it seems like once he connects with the game, it like, he gets he things rolling. Rhythm. And, like, I don't know. I mean, that passed to Harris. That was not like no, that, was, that, was that was a great and it was improvised like, yeah. and it was I mean and I actually think that's part of where he's probably he's dangerous good is where he's improvising and yeah. I think that he slash the coaches just wanted to be so cautious that that yeah. part of his game was used a lot in the first six games of the year but post injury it's not yeah yeah and like early on in the first quarter too like there were times and like obviously we don't know what his read progression is right but like uh, he would take the safe under and. Grossman was like wide open in the seam. Wide open in the seam. And it's like, I don't know if that was intentional on their part to just like try to get him in a rhythm. But like, for me, it seems like when he hits bigger passes, it like gets him going more. Like, if he hits Grossman in the seam two times in the first quarter, I think they. Absolutely. But I think the defenses who have watched film know that. He won't. He's not, he's not going to yeah, make that not, throw. Not do that. I don't know if it's a confidence thing yeah. or what. But when he when he actually makes it, yeah, they're great. Like the touchdown, like yeah. the t- touchdown was somewhat similar in, in spot to the one that Britt threw to Grossman last week. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was like almost the exact same route. It looked like, like it was. It was fun. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to see Grossman because he's such a mismatch, and they got him the ball. Grossman had. He had three catches, so I mean a little bit more than that's more than normal. <laughs> why has it taken? Why has it taken him two more, of yeah. the last three weeks to get like a quarter of his production? I don't know, but Grossman, like in that tight tight end, especially in a system where we usually have three wides yeah. and a tight end, yeah, like that's such a mismatch that it, that guy should at minimum have five catches a game, minimum. like minimum. Like yeah. I actually think it should be like. Uh, he might plus? have some leverage like, here. There should be a, 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 a like a like a city ordinance, or <laughs> where if he doesn't, like they they can arrest the offensive coordinator at halftime. Perfect. 
That means like he just, can't call just plays Just for like anymore. a day, just for like 24 hours. So yeah, he has he to just, go. He just, he's throwing throw the drunk tank for the Yeah, night. he has to go sit ah, in a cell for 24 <laughs> hours and think about what he did. Like, Time out. It's, it's just like, how can you see that guy? Especially when he gets the ball and you're like, nah, we're really not going to. We're not going to game plan eight targets to him. And the wild thing, like, Ten targets. especially with Grossman, we've talked about this all year, but it's like, so if there's three wide receivers, right? So say you've got Roberts, Flowers, Bergen or White and Grossman out on the field. Grossman's going to be pulling a linebacker or mm-hmm. a safety in coverage who I don't think there's a single matchup in this conference or, or maybe much of the FCS where Grossman does not hold a superior advantage over who's covering him in terms of speed, athleticism. In the league. Yeah. From a standpoint of I, – I don't disagree with that. From a standpoint of the position he plays and what yeah, he and does and, and the dynamic. Yeah. I'm just looking at his, his page on ogres.com. Is his reception single-game high is six yeah. against Sac State in 2021. Huh. What do you think his reception yards career high is? 78. For a game. Yeah, I'd say 60s or 70s. 93. Wow. Wait, was that earlier this year? Northern Arizona 2021. Oh, okay. He's had one touchdown five times. Sick. He had a long catch in that Idaho State game, but he didn't have anything else, right? Uh-oh. Yeah. No. I think he had one. But catch. that's exactly it, where it's like he'll have this long catch, and you're like, God, why aren't they going back go? to him? Oh, and like, he's gone. The thing is, like, if, if you go back to him and he's your first read and he's not there, that means that they're covering him and someone Somebody else is going to be open. Something. Like a freaking wheel route out of the backfield. Yeah. To Xavier to Harris? The, yeah. Where? Like, it's like, it just, it, it just seems like there's no design and intentionality to this, this offense. No. Yeah. And we've been saying it for five years. Yeah. Like, I think, I think I've had the same complaints for five years that they just like, don't do anything to get guys they, they threw a screen what on the last drive before halftime right that yeah. was the first screen they threw yeah it's the first screen I've seen in month plus yeah now the, the, some they of the threw it against Montana State I think oh. they threw one, threw one flowers later in the game and got blown up but oh that's right but yeah. still a couple of those like, wide receiver screens yeah, yeah. what is okay. you guys have these guys who can do so much in space I just like the hope, the hope and the expectation was that our offense would be better this year and our QB play would be better, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, ironically, he has 62 total receptions in his career and five touchdowns. And I would venture to guess that a third of those catches and a third of those touchdowns might be from Chris Brown. Probably, Because yeah. he's that's when he broke out last year. Yeah. But, like, so he had 13 games last year, 36 receptions, 463 yards, five touchdowns. This year in 12 games, 25 receptions, yeah. 382 yards, yeah. five touchdowns. I mean, that's just like, he, that's like negligence. His, his total <laughs> stat Somebody line. Somebody should make an like ordinance. His, his, career stat, <laughs> his career stat line should be his stats for this year, but with more touchdowns. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, No, yeah, his career stats lines are 62 receptions, 858 yards, 10 touchdowns. Boom. If you took someone like Grossman and you pulled the, cat, the coaches in the league and said – over under 62, 858. Most of them probably can take the over for a season for it's that. It's less guy. than Idaho's tight end. Wow. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's not like sometimes you hear excuses. Like you, you hear these things, you know, even with guys like Britt, like the coach of Cavalry, like, well, he doesn't understand how to read the defense at the same level or whatever, little things like that. Yeah. They can't make any excuses for Grossman because they're not there. And mm-hmm. you know what? <sighs> yeah. That's so frustrating. So this is where the danger of this pot is, and this is the one thing yeah. about like a game like this where it's like we get this game and it's a fun win, 
but it doesn't mask the real serious problems we have on offense. I was thinking about it today. Like it's yeah, it's super true. exciting what happened last night. Like absolutely that comeback from twenty four from twenty one points down, super exciting. But it's lipstick on a pig, as far as I'm concerned. Like it doesn't mask. It does. It do, it gave no answers to anything. Like and honestly, that second half. And some of the things that they did offensively are a referendum on this entire period with this offensive coaching staff. Yeah. Like, if you were able to do those, some of those things, then why aren't you able to do them more often? Because with the, sta- with the weapons that they have, if, 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 if a defensive staff is game-planned to take something away, like one of those guys away, mm-hmm. great, take one of them away. Because yeah. you got three to four others. Yeah. Like, th- there's no reason with... And, I mean, what, I was watching the Niners game earlier today, and I watched this one particular play where uh, Garoppolo kind of rolled out and had like a deeper drop, and I was like, "Man, we never see that with the Grizz." Like, a, oh, yeah. like, like a sort of like a half roll, seven step drop to like get away from uh, the offensive line sort of angle, and I was like, honestly, maybe they don't trust the offensive line's pass blocking abilities to create some of the stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think of reasons why they can't do that stuff all the time. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly can't come up with it. Well, I definitely think it's clear that they don't maybe believe that the offensive line is where they needed to be to do some of this stuff, but it still doesn't make sense. Mm. Like, it just... Um, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. So we, we've, we've kind of covered the first half. So Simo goes into halftime 17 to 3. They have a 90 something yard drive to end the half. You know, we get the ball back with 30 seconds and try and get something together, but yeah, it doesn't happen. Doesn't work. And they come out of the locker room and you're thinking, oh, God, we're going to, you know, and then they do on a 77 yard or 75 yard touchdown drive. I think that that penalty on number 56, though, is the moment that changed the game. Yeah, because they're what not. Was it? What did he do? Because uh, I was I was walking in right was when they kicked the extra point. I, I didn't really see much. I don't more. know. Yeah, okay. I, didn't, I didn't see it, and I didn't see it on TV either. Um, but you know, this, so now they've got, we take it on the kick, so they got to kick to Flowers. Um, Jordan loves in the game. For oh Packers. God! Well, just yeah. put that out there. It's the future, baby. Rogers walked to the locker room. Yeah, he's not feeling good. Something happened. Ayahuasca poisoning? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Rough. Um, no, that, but the penalty that then changed the game. So flowers. Flowers, the flowers does that. We've kind of covered that sequence. Um, offense looked good in that sequence. Grizz forced, forced him to miss a field goal, get the ball back, score, punt return, force another three and out, right? Or get the ball back. Maybe they got one first down. Um and they they get the ball back, and they actually have a pretty decent drive. Yeah. Um, in the third quarter. Yeah, it was looks like they we had the punt return that was three and out ended in a punt return. Yeah. And then they went seven plays, but they only gained fifteen yards. So they, so they and they got a field goal first down. Right. No, they didn't. Well, they no. attempted that field goal because because we had this is crap as well too, and it is what it is. You can complain about this now. Malik Flowers throws the ball straight up in the air. He didn't throw it straight in the air. It was right in front of me. He threw it in the stands. Oh, he threw, it got it yeah. in the stands. Okay. And you know what? Bergen I, did it later. I, well, I was, that's what I was going to – because I thought, for some reason, I thought that 
he threw it more up. But the, you know I couldn't see it from my angle. What's BS here? And so is that, I was like, oh, he got a flag for throwing the ball there. And then Bergen did the same damn yeah. thing. And he didn't but get the refs flag. didn't know that Flowers, somehow they missed it until they watched it on the big screen. And you watched the ref look at the big screen, see him chuck the ball, and then the ref uh, threw his flag, uh, which is supposed to not I, be legal. I didn't see that at all. I was like, too busy celebrating. They're not supposed to use the screen. Yeah. yeah. So I, anyway, so um, I'm, I'm looking at the second half drive chart, and I might, you might get this wrong, but so... Um, Touchdown, field goal, interception, touchdown, and then the game ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get the touchdown, then they go for the field goal, which they were down real close to the goal line. It was a short field goal, wasn't it? Who? The See Grizz. What? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On their field goal in the thir- in the beginning of the fourth. It was that drive that that started in the third, went to the fourth. Yeah, we we kicked it from their fifteen. We were inside on. the tw- yeah. So I mean, and that should have been a touchdown. Should like have been. we had, they had op- opportunities yeah. and they missed them. Um, the next drive, again, we get down there, and it's like it was a struggle to get down there. Oh, Jordan Love, there we go. We'll see if that's the future off. of your that's offense, right there. Yeah, Jordan Love, Christian Watson, absolutely. <laughs> All right, should introduce Ray. Um, <laughs> so. Once we got the lead, I started to get nervous. Like, we came all the way back, and we are letting them hang around. Because all of a sudden, we couldn't capitalize. And we had two possessions inside their 20-yard line, and we got three total points. points. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you're trying to step on a team's throat in the playoffs, and for all this, like, you know, Johnson looked great in the second half, he didn't look great in the second half. He looked great in moments of the second half. Mm -hmm. Two good drives, two not so good I mean, because he did some passes that, we we could have scored touchdowns on both those drives. Yes, or field goals at least. Yeah. Or, some, or well, okay, yeah, touchdown on one or, or some sort of points on was the other. The, was the dropped pick? Was that in the second half? I think it was in the third quarter. I was it so. right before? Was it right before White's touchdown? I, it was going into that end zone. No, because right before White's touchdown was the big Roberts catch. That if he'd pulled it down, it would have been one of the coolest catches ever. But they got pi. Oh, yeah. On it. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So then that the that near pick and the that must have been in the first half. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember through my misery. So anyway, not to pound the <laughs> not to pound the point home too much. And at that point, like Osmo's out, he he's hurt. People see yeah. him with a sling on the sideline. So they clearly made adjustments. And and somebody who who listens to the pod who knows X's and O's a lot better than we do, yeah. pointed out to us that they they appeared to change their blocking scheme to hmm. some level. Did they say any more about that? Like what were they? They didn't go into too much detail, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll get them to share some stuff later in the week for us. But um, then they started putting Bergen in the backfield yep. and motioning him out. Yep. And th- you know, that's what opened up the offense. Absolutely. Yeah. What a crazy idea. Creating mismatches through personnel. What Bizarre. a wild, Bizarre. God, wild I'm so concept. glad we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, you don't. You don't want to have any fun. No, but like that. That was like I. I just like through that second half. I was like, man, we have so much momentum. Yeah. Like I was just kept waiting for it and waiting for it, and it seemed like Simo, like uh, especially the last two drives, probably because mm-hmm. they did move the ball like, a little bit. And that quarterback was like, you know, getting like out of the stuff that you wouldn't up. expect. Like we may have only sacked him once. Yeah, but he was he was getting hit, hit they, all the time. They crossed midfield but turned over on downs at about our thirty. Yeah, and then. Yeah, then their last drive, Garrett Graves picked it at about like the five or the yep. ten. Yep. So yeah, yeah. But I just kept waiting. I was like, oh god, are we gonna yeah, lose they're going to hit it because like, like this tidal wave we're riding is like they need this. 
they that, needed it. On that interception when we were only up three, like that was my moment of like, mm-hmm. shit. Like <laughs> all of this dominant and they're going to come back because we've mm-hmm. seen teams figure it out. Yeah. But it became clear as the fourth quarter went on that they couldn't handle the mom- the mental aspect of the momentum shift. No, not at all. Like once, once they saw that crowd come alive, I think they were done because mm-hmm. I think they realized like, Oh crap! These guys feed off this crowd. Yeah, here we go. Right. I, I gotta say this about them too. We talked about the chippiness. I love that when opposing I enjoyed it. Come in I didn't and do that stuff. Like how they came on and they like they ran onto the field, you know. Yeah. And they stood there. They had their in own like sound line. system with them. Yeah. Did you hear and this? They like did the fourth weird. quarter. Yeah. yeah. When they were dumping around <laughs> each other, like, and how how much they talked. <laughs> they like, did talk a lot. I love that. That when was great. Do that. No. Like, they just don't roll over. I mean, even though it seemed like the momentum was too much for them to come back from, and, like, they couldn't talk their way through it, they, yeah. s- they stuck to it. I mean, they were still – they stayed who they were. They were oh, – yeah. I mean, they I mean they were a pretty damn confident team. I think um, they're well coached, too. I mean, I, seems like it. Uh, they were – it was kind of funny because I put a little video up of it on Twitter. Um, normally, I'll, depending on what's going on as the second quarter is winding to half, I'll try to duck out like a minute, minute and a half to go, and it's kind of looking like – I'm not going to catch any scoring activity. And so, but that one, right, because the Grizz were trying to muster something together that completely didn't work out. Well, then the SEMO was moving the ball, right, because they got their late touchdown, and then we'll see if the Grizz would do something. So I duck out the the west gate where you walk by, where the, the visiting team then is uh, walking um, with only a chain link fence to, to separate them between the fans. And, um, it was an experience, <laughs> not something I've normally uh, been walking through at the time. But those Simo guys were letting our fans know their opinion of <laughs> our team and our stadium and everything at that given moment. Can you share and, any comments? <laughs> lots of f bombs. <laughs> the fascinating thing was Simo uh, had like a coach that was on this side of the fence because there's like a little gate right I there. I saw that the red. The yeah, he had a red, red shirt yeah. on because right because if you come down the press box. As the visiting coach, you go down those steps and you cut through that little gate there and you get into the ramp that leads you down into their locker room. Um, and so, yeah, uh, he was he was maybe the most vocal. He was he was like it, it seemed like he was trying to keep the Simo guys from doing anything too bad. I don't know what they I mean, just saying something. But then he was also like cussing out Grizz fans as well too. And he's like, quit throwing shit at my team and all this stuff like this and telling a couple couple fans to fuck off and stuff like that it's like wow this is this is That's fascinating <laughs> but i mean you That's know good stuff but um not uh they 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 were a little they were a better team than i thought they'd be i'm glad we got to see them at as full of strength as they were projected to be with mm-hmm. uh delorent at quarterback instead of their true freshman that's handed the ball off to the running back the whole way so i think what I what I liked about this, you know, the whole the qualifier of Montana didn't has not beat a good team, has to be a team with a winning record. Um, there's also, you know, then some sort of inherent built-in excuse that oh they got lucky because they didn't have their quarterback in, and so you just need to stop the running back and you win the game. And that turned out not to be the case either. So I mean, it I don't know from my fan perspective, it it gave me like great hope for you know, this team and just to have a little bit more belief in them and to kind of shut some of the haters up online as well too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause, uh, 
you know, now we've beat a ranked team. We beat a winning team, a team with a, that was nine and two at the time, and um, and they were at their generally full complement of strength as well too. So, um, yeah, that was man, that was just a fun night, the fun yeah. second half, and so, post game. <laughs> I think I went to bed at about two thirty. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was a late one. <laughs> Me and Mike got kicked out of flippers at two. Yeah, I mean. That's true. So I, uh, not like kicked out. Like we a, just it, closed it like, down. We, it was time to, to yeah. please move on. We weren't the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've heard like a you know rumors about about like division and uh, maybe some like arguing arguing among coaches and stuff. Yeah. Do you think this is enough to like put the pieces back together? Like a win like this, or do you think it's just like those those rumors are overblown? Like, what do we what it's do we think about that? Probably somewhere in between, tall. right? Yeah. I mean, like you you watch the video of the locker room post game right. celebration, and that did not look like a team that was struggling with locker room strife. It did not. Um, you could actually, and the team singing the fight song after after. Um, I rapidly identified multiple young players that everyone is saying, oh, they're leaving this year. I've heard they're going in the portal. And they're all grins, and they're cheering, and they're loving it. And then they're in the locker room, and they're jumping around, they're going crazy. But, of course, you're going to do it after a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is there a balance of but, misuse? Not to say, but just lack of um, use of some skilled players and, and recognizing some talent there that's going to continue forward? Yeah. But it definitely seemed to help. I think that... You know, and there are different problems in different ways. First of all, I, I hope the coaches are arguing with each other a little bit based on how the last half of the season went because something's not going right. I it didn't mean, meet good, expectations. Good, yeah. good, completely r- failed. Good run teams, whether they're sports or business or nonprofits or the world, you could constructively push back on each other and say, hey, we didn't do this right. And right. maybe we need to make a change. Maybe we do this. You know, football's no different. Like they're getting yeah. paid to do something. So my hope right. is they're doing it. I think what something like, like, yesterday's game does for for things like that is it reminds guys why they came here wow. and it's like you see that atmosphere and it's like this night game and it's like if i'm a brit like and i'm i'm watching this like i'm thinking this is gonna be me next year yeah. like we're this is our incentive to have a great season so we make sure we get home games here mm-hmm. this is what it's all about mm-hmm. um so unless like they can enter the transfer portal and go to like a surefire like fbs bowl level team <laughs> Where are some of the guys going to go? Yeah. Because I don't believe we're going to have this mass exodus to the Cats. Like, you know. So I, th- I don't. I, I think that is. So I do think we'll lose people. I definitely do. And I think that I think it's something that, like I've said in the past, I don't, I don't know that uh, the approach of the current coaching staff is as cognizant of that reality of college football as they need to be. So we'll see what the offseason looks like. But I definitely think that helps. Mm-hmm. So on that same point, then, do we think that there was an actual change in play calling? So this is something I want to talk to you guys about. And Luke's not here. He's driving back from Shelby, <laughs> and he texted us. And it, it's real crappy weather here Sunday night in the western Montana region. Um, we don't think he's going to make it, but he texted, and he, he wanted to make sure that we shared this analogy, which I think is perfect, Luke. He said, it felt like when you're sitting with your friends playing Madden and one kid is getting boat raced. So another kid picks up the controller in the second half, just completely different teams, especially the offensive game calling. 
And I think that is such a spot on analogy for what we watch. Because, <laughs> like, like um, we had people messaging us that were like, it, this is a completely different play calling path than they've done all year. Like, the second half play calling was different than anything they've done all year. And it's like, I don't know why they would be saving that unless somebody else was calling plays or at least forcing the issue of picking different parts of the playbook. Right. How do you how do you go about that at halftime? That's like a uh, varsity blues level scene <laughs> where they like are like we're not going back out there with the coach almost. And they're like, Hey, uh, Rosie, we know you've been here a little while, but you're not going back out there in the second half. Like, how do you? How, I mean, if if you do that, like, how do you even approach that at all? Like, wouldn't that be such a, like an awkward moment? Or, yeah. or is it just like, hey, we're down seventeen to three at a playoff game here? Like, our season is literally two quarters away yeah. from being over. We have to make a change. And like, I don't care if you like it or not. Like, we're just doing it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like, like hard to conceptualize because it's like you keep, like, I think everything in like our lives that's like. Like real estate, it's it's not like the movies. Like all the stuff you do, it's like you hear this a lot. Like oh, what you see in, in in on TV, like that's not the case. But then like everyone's like, man, they must have just had some big halftime speech, or yeah, they right. chucked out the playbook, or they did this, or they you know did these other things, and everything was solved. And the Eagles uh, just hit a sixty-one yard field goal to go up ten. <laughs> Fuck, that's all right. Draft picks, draft picks. <laughs> um. But you're right. Like it's not. Like- but it just seems so weird. But then, I mean, obviously, whatever was done, whatever changes happened, however it happened, it worked. Clearly, something it clearly worked. Changed. Yeah. Like there's just there's no way around it. Yeah. Clearly, something changed. What they did in the second half, we did not see being done in the first half. Not in the sense that the first half was just execution issues. It was like a completely different type of team that was on the field. Yeah. So yeah. I think the mo- the most indicative play of that is that big pass the flowers yeah yeah and that they didn't hit one early and they went back to it the next mm-hmm. drive oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know like, yeah and we we've been talking about this for years like we need to push the ball down the field even if we're not hitting them for years right. for weeks um because years. you the other that's the only way we're going to open up our our short stuff and you know our run game is just so inconsistent that we have to pass it i know that that north Dakota state's got like the number three pass defense but I don't know. Like, I think that we need to spread it out and we need to try and create mismatches or create opportunities mm-hmm. with some of our our talent. Yeah. Well, basically, I mean, it feels like when it comes to oh. this, uh, <laughs> this damn football game, um, with North Dakota, like, we've got to go with what works for us versus – because it seems like if this – the creativity, the use of Bergen um, in the backfield and creating the mismatches and, and what we saw in the second half – it really feels like that is what we have to put on the field next week yep. against North Dakota State. Because if we sit here and say, like the Weber State game, oh, well, the mismatch is this, so we're just going to do that because that worked on this one film from so long ago, and then you just have an offense that looks like our offense did against Weber State. It's I mean, not going to work. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's not even going to be a close game. If we just, if we just line up and – don't do anything with our yeah. guys, like yeah. moving them around, using different 
personnel, putting him in different positions, like splitting Grossman way out wide. Like, uh, if we don't do things like that, we're not going to win yeah. that game. Yeah. And you can split Grossman way out wide and then just drag him back across the play. Yeah. Yeah. And have the have oh, him be running with the QB dude, every you, time. If you did that and then put him on a dig route and sent the sent the slot guy yeah. deep, then it, yeah. like yeah. that I mean that will work. It should work. Yeah. <laughs> like to one of those guys it's gonna work. <laughs> yeah. I mean especially if you have him on the left side yeah. streaking across and you've got let's just say flowers and bergen mm-hmm. on the right side. And so you're sending one deep, and you're sending one on a cross, the other. I mean, like I just can't imagine. That <laughs> like one of those three guys is going to be open. Right. Work. We go back to this. I mean, just look at the guys that we have. There isn't a. I don't know that there's an FCS defense out there that could just like shut every, all those guys all down. down. Yeah. If they are like, if a guy, if a play caller uses them and like sets things up and stuff, like. How do you do it? So, so you play that out. Let's say that we line up four wide with Bergen in the backfield. So you've got Roberts and um, Grossman. Flowers. So on, on the left. Oh, okay. And then you've got Flowers <laughs> and you. Fonts. You. Or yeah, White. Put Fonts there. Or White. And you've got Bergen motioning out. Like. Someone's going to be open. Actually, be put fonts over there with with uh, um, Roberts. And so you've got three on one side, one on the other. Then you motion Bergen out to get two on the other. Someone's going to be open. Yeah. Like, And you know what? If everything's covered on the right side, fonts is fast as hell. So your last option, I mean. Yeah, there's easy. Con- I mean, there's definitely yeah. like. You know who would run an offense like that? Into. Bob Stitt. <laughs> oh, no, no. Are you saying you want Bob Stitt? No, and I got in trouble at my tailgate because we were around. talking about we were talking about comparing Bobby to joke. Bob Stitt. And yeah. I was pointing out that like, while, while Bob Bobby is clearly a better coach than Bob Stitt, and we are clearly in a better place as a program, yeah. it's closer to that reality in year five than it should be. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's not close. Like, we're in a different place. <laughs> yes. yes, we are. <laughs> We just want to make sure we get that out there. I just had to make that joke there because, yeah, yeah. I mean, if those if those four guys just stood stationary and they didn't move, <laughs> you know, that that would be a very Bob Stitt. Yeah, that, like, would help, that would help. Yeah. You know, they oh. just, hey, we're going uh, two by two and uh, nobody's going to move. And, and we're uh, also going to underutilize our... Uh... And Travis DeCure is taking notes. Stands in place. And <laughs> oh, no, no. Yes, you shot. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I, that's, that's bad. <laughs> also a joke. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, fun second half. Great post game. Um, Last thing I can add. Some more night games. Second, Just give me more second night games. biggest comeback of all time. I don't know. I hear they said historic, but I don't actually know. Because because the ones no, I can think of. So there, obviously, South Coast State is the one everyone remembers. There's one. Uh, there's another South there's Coast an, State comeback. Well, Dave Dickinson in 1993 yeah. uh, had a pretty big one, and there was another. Uh, I think it was a road game against Nevada um, when Nevada was in the Big Sky. So we're talking a long time ago. Uh, that was also a, a monumental comeback. So maybe a maybe the second biggest playoff comeback. Maybe something along those lines, but still, I mean, the fascinating thing, like the point margin, I mean, it was really, it was 21 points, but for the Grizzlies to score 31 unanswered, 
in a playoff scenario where they were considered to be you know somewhat heavy playoff favorites in the game and then to come out there and get it all done they got the ball they, 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 their first possession on offense there was eight minutes left on the clock yeah in the third quarter it's not like they got the ball uh, they, they they did it over the whole str- they had and uh, a buddy of mine texted me about this or maybe it was you guys it was like the Grizz scoring was from eight minutes left in the third till six minutes left in the fourth is like almost like the stretch of just mm-hmm. a quarter of yeah. football yeah. <laughs> that it was 31 points bam yeah like that was obviously it helps with two special teams touchdowns uh but still incredible stuff so yeah 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 but i mean it was big plays it was like we ran the ball well like childs looked really good yep like and fan, yeah childs looked great and and again i mean that that's got to make bobby happy right your last so you you force a turnover because you have now forced your opponent into somewhat ditching their game plan. And you now um, get the ball back. And now you need to kill the clock. And they did it. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And Isaiah Childs just like, you know, and the O-line, they just controlled the line of scrimmage and pushed and but pushed But I mean, like that O-line, the SEMO O-line by the end of the game, they yeah. were not – no, the SEMO O line. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. oh, the pressure, yeah. They were just not used to the pressure. So the D line, right, right. you know, I just think that the the totality of the game, I think they were just exhausted. Yeah, I think you're right. Too. So yeah. just kind of making the comparison of just yep. what got thrown at them and stuff like that. Yep, for yeah. sure. Totally get it. Yeah. Um Man, there were there were some other good takeaways. Um first of all, we probably should acknowledge I mean, obviously Flowers tied the touchdown record, career touchdown record for kick returns. Uh, Robbie Houck now the leading tackler in the history of the Big Sky Conference. Uh, so good for Robbie Houck. Pretty cool. Um, you know, whatever you think about Robbie Houck, he certainly plays hard, plays with a passion, and, um, you know, busts his ass out there. So this is, this is, I mean, this is what I really liked about the highlight reel that the uh, Athletics released today. None of it was from the first half because there's nothing that goes in the highlight reel from the first half. (laughs) A field goal. I guess that was in there technically. So it opens with Bobby Houck's halftime quote to the sideline reporter. And what was that? It's just something like we, we, you know, we're going to get regrouped. We're going to get better. We need to, you know, we need to pressure. We need to tackle. We need to, you know, just typical coach speak stuff. And um, so then they show. Maybe one play. I think they show the field goal from the first, the second quarter. And then, like, the next play or the very next play is Robbie putting their tight end, number 88, flat on his ass. And that guy was, like, at least half a foot taller than Robbie. And it was just your quintessential Robbie play. Blows the dude up. I think the guy doesn't make the catch, maybe. Uh and Robbie, stand, you know, is over him and takes a few steps back and is looking at him, probably saying something to him because I don't know if that, Weird. that kid's able to like, you know, not talk on the field as well. And eighty-eight stands up and is clearly like Robbie is totally in this guy's head. Comes up and they're face mask to face mask and he's shouting at him and the refs are breaking it up and all this stuff and it's just like that Eastern Washington playoff game. It was the same thing where we had two plays right. One was Robbie and one was. Um, Number two, uh, Robertson. Robertson, Gavin. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> just that attitude change. Yep. And I don't know. I, there's very few guys over their career as Grizz players that have been able to 
ignite and dictate the attitude of a defense like Robbie Houck is able to mm-hmm. do. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll we'll ever. I don't know if we'll ever be able to see a single guy be able to consistently, consistently do that um, over a four-year career as a player. Like you get guys for in seasons. It's like okay, you know, Vince Huntsberger was. In 2001 was just a dominant force on the field in its entirety, and the whole team rallied to him. But it's like, and he was a great player as his career, but just like from a redshirt freshman to a senior to be able to continually do that and be the guy that was the like kind of the catalyst for the change of the edge on the defense when he came in here with his dad and the new coaching staff. Um, I don't know. It's just I don't I don't know if we'll ever see someone to, to that will carry that forward like he has. Over the stretch, yeah, of no, four, I, think four that's, years. I think that's fair, and I also, Over the stretch of four I years. also yeah, think that you know, for better or worse, I don't know that we'll really see anybody who's given the opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's fair, totally fair. Um, yeah. You know, because it's pretty unique that somebody <clears throat> came in and basically started for four years at safety for this football team, right? And based on how most other freshmen work for this staff, like, I, I mean, like, I don't know that that opportunity is going to be given to just anybody, and I'm not trying to stir up any trouble. I sure, just think sure. that this is a very unique situation, and it is what it is. Yeah. And he's the leading tackler in the history of the Big Sky Conference. So, and there was some, there's another mention as well, too. I don't know if it says it in the article, but <clears throat> um, mentioning Vince Huntsberger, or maybe it was someone else, but it was like he also tied or passed Huntsberger for like combined tackle stats as well, too, including playoffs or some <laughs> other stuff. There was some other qualifier that he had also. Oh, wow. Because um, maybe it's Kane Ione had the total mm-hmm. in the Big Sky, but Vince had some other number and because the playoff, yeah, and his 15 tackles on the last night, this morning, <laughs> um, pushed him over. I guess both. So, so uh, I brought up the like the division thing. So maybe this is out of balance to ask, but like, is removing the dynamic of father son, like in the future? Next year, I'm, is that is that something that honestly could be like maybe the best thing? I'm very curious to see what the dynamic is without Robbie on the team. Uh, I think that to Bryn's point, we're going to lose somebody who drives the passion of the defense, mm-hmm. and people are going to have to step up to replace that. Yeah, Fouch. Um, I would, I would say we, Fouch yeah, we got it. Number four. I like <laughs> it. We're fine. But uh, <laughs> um, but but uh, whether it's true or not, perception can be reality in those right. situations. Big time. Right. And. Yeah. Um, you know, you lose an excuse for some people to make. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that I think it'll be very interesting to watch the dynamic next year. Yeah, and so we like like I said, we've got Fouch helps. Um, we've also got a lot of younger guys that have been observing just the, the, the drive and the attitude and the style that Robbie has brought to the way he plays and the way he leads the defense. So the, in theory, that should help. Um, could it be something that changes over the course of a few years as his imprint on the current roster players maybe isn't as strong? I could see that. I could see that for sure. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah, it's a great yeah, question. And I think it's just interesting to watch that all play out. And the reality is that on a lot of teams, nobody ever gets along, like all. So there's no, always going to be fighting. There's always Absolutely. fighting on the best teams in the world. Yeah, and it's just a matter of how teams respond and how they overcome. Um, 
Because yeah. I, I remember, like, when I was covering the Cats, there was a, there was a thing about, like, uh, Daenerys and Cody Kirk, they graduated the same year. Yeah. And it was, like, there were stories about, like, some strife within the team about how Daenerys was treated and, like, things that he would do, like, outside of the outside of the team mm -hmm. and it was like i mean we all thought like once that's gone once that like sort of cloud is gone yeah is that sort of like this like thing that allows this team to be more of a team because it's not like like you said perception could be reality and excuses could be made and like uh you can just it's it's just an easy thing to grab onto that it's like well he's the son's he's the coach's son you know like it's an easy yeah, thing to grab exactly. onto 100 percent, like, and cause like some some type of like strife within the team and like once that's gone it's like it, it, it it's it's just not there anymore to cause issues yeah. and like i'm not saying that it for sure does but it's it's i think it's worth wondering about like if over four years it has rubbed I just, people the wrong way you know, and the thing about the offseason is, like, there's so many guys we're losing to graduation. Right. But I also think we're going to have a lot of coaches retire. We've mm -hmm. got an old coaching staff. And so I just think it's going to be, a, you know, a season of change. And one of the things that I texted you guys um, on Saturday was watching Michigan destroy Ohio State in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Right? And, you know, the announcers of that game were making the point, like, Two years ago, during the COVID year, the Michigan fan base—they were going to fire him. They were ready to drive him out of town. Like he yeah, took a pay gone. cut. He yeah. changed his coordinators. He acknowledged, and and this is where the announcers kind of got it wrong. They said, "Well, he went back to his basics," but no, he actually he, he went the opposite up. way. He went yeah. the opposite. Yeah, he, he took away control. And there was a great article about it was in the athletic one of yeah, yeah. I can't remember the player, the coach's name, but he's going to go coach at like Tulane or something now. But um, how basically he. Harbaugh hired him to be his associate head coach and something, something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm just going to go sit in on all these meetings and you can't come. Like, don't come to the defensive meetings. Don't come to the offensive meetings. Be the head coach. And I don't know what the dynamic is. I don't know what Bobby does or doesn't do on that right. front. But everything we hear is that Bobby's very involved and he's, you know, he's, he controls things. And yeah. he, somebody texted us and was like, Bobby likes to manage playoff games. And my reaction was overmanage playoff mm -hmm. games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if like they can self-assess this year and kind of say what went wrong and maybe recognize like we do need to embrace a little bit of change for the good of the program. Yeah, yeah, and for the good of the whole university. Frankly, that's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> the narrative, whether it's true or not, Bobby's not bringing a medical school. Why not? Come on, Mike. <laughs> raise money. Let's go. Let's go. Um, yeah. So I just I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be an interesting offseason, but we also have a game this week. So. Right. Well, we do. That we do. So is that a great segue to just pop right into that? Do I mean, we probably. Tie a bow Should on we, this game? Do we need to? I think we tied a ball in this game. What yeah. else happened in the playoffs this week? So, oh. <clears throat> around the FCS realm, really no major surprises. Um, I think maybe, it's surprising that Idaho didn't beat Southeastern Louisiana. I did. I, we I crushed them three Louisiana. years ago. Yeah. I still think it's um, surprising that they screwed up their bid. <laughs> yeah, that's, I just I mean, don't understand how that's possible. You know, Tubbs guys, we love you, but you know, if you got the bid right, your kicker probably doesn't slip in a dome. Is that what happened? I couldn't get the I, game I, to I, load. I read this that okay. the kicker slipped and the pushed the field goal out to I tie would, the game at the end. Is what I, could I, read. Get it I haven't going seen it when so. I was saying, when I was in the watching the Grizz game. I could get it yeah. until like a minute forty left, and then it wouldn't load okay. anymore. Yeah, so I couldn't see the end. Um. Furman kicks crap out of Elon, 31-6. Uh, Richmond beats Davidson, 41-0. Uh, 
Delaware beat St. Francis University 56-17. New Hampshire and Fordham had a kind of a big shootout, but New Hampshire wins 52-42. Weber State, this was kind of an interesting one. Weber State beats North Dakota 38-31. And it wasn't as close as It wasn't as score, close right? as that. I mean, like... Did UND just add some junk points? Because I was like... No, I mean, I was they in, had a chance at the end. Okay. But I also... The UND got some help from the refs. Okay, okay. There's a I didn't watch fumble that I don't think was, but... It's close enough. And then Weber had a kick return, and I thought there was a penalty that was kind of phantom on that. But you know. Oh, that was like right before the half or yeah. something, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so so Weber, I mean, there was a point where Weber was up 38-14 or something, right? I mean, it was. Yeah, I think so. So. Um, something like that. I, I know it was 31-17. Okay, so, yeah, or something so. like that. So, um, yeah, North Dakota comeback kind of falls short. Gardner Webb beats Eastern Kentucky fifty two forty one. Gardner Webb was a six win team, six and five that won their conference. Um, so Eastern Kentucky seven and four came out of the Ohio Valley, just like SEMO. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, for everyone saying that the Ohio Valley should have sent more, maybe not. Um, and then Southeastern Louisiana forty five, Idaho forty two. So. That was my big surprise. I just didn't. I just like I. I don't really know anything about Southeast Louisiana this year. I mean, they beat Incarnate yeah. Word, but apparently it was kind of a weird game where maybe Incarnate's quarterback was out. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, I just hate they it because it gives it gives all these guys, including some of the big sky guys who are involved in the the national discussion a little bit <laughs> yeah. more. This narrative that these conferences deserve like this argument that some of the people on Twitter on about how the Grizz at seven and four or big side conference teams at eight and three, you know, don't deserve the benefit of the doubt over some of these other conferences. They absolutely do. March Madness doesn't give participation trophies to the, you know, 22 and four Montana Grizzlies who take second in the big sky conference. Right. Like weak teams only get one in. And yeah. like regionalization yeah. Yeah. makes this look even it, it, it skews it even more because then some of these teams get wins they shouldn't get yeah. right. Well, that's like because Davidson won their conference, whatever their conference is, they didn't score a single point. Um, yeah. St. Francis is in that what is it the Pioneer the non scholarship, and they didn't oh, actually Davidson was in the Pioneer. Oh, it's Davidson. Yeah. St. Francis is in the one where like Davidson's in the Pioneer. Yeah. Like St. Francis didn't. Oh, ASU the the whack slash what son whack a son. The whole thing is so weird. I, I feel like St. Francis is the one like they didn't actually win the conference, but the, the team that did isn't like eligible or something. You know, um, Fordham and New Hampshire, two bubble teams where Fordham was nine and two from a weaker conference. Um, Fordham's got that quarterback that's thrown for like yeah 50 stud QB right? yep, yeah big stud QB yeah and New Hampshire lost their last game so they were seven and four like I kind of when I was looking at it last week when we were thinking play you know Saturday night I was looking at Fordham New Hampshire Montana um, North Dakota as kind of these teams that are right on that edge and we all got in but um, yeah North Dakota tough matchup for them probably right but that what there i didn't read this article did you guys read the article was it north dakota screwed their bid up as well too no the committee acknowledged that north dakota had the better bid but they have the discretion to let a team they think is more deserving host okay and they basically they basically just came out and, and said 
Weber State had too good of a season not yeah. to get to host a playoff game. Okay, because okay. that actually surprised me. Because when I saw that, I was like, Weber really outbid North Dakota. North Dakota's got a lot of money. You know, like, and I was I was shocked. On one but hand, that makes, that, I, that makes sense to me, and I'm all for that. But on the other hand, like these are the rules that the playoff committee has, and it's like all that that rule does is give them more permission to screw over Big Sky Conference and Missouri Valley Conference <laughs> yeah. teams because all these teams in the East Coast get to. They, they get these early games versus these cupcakes, mm-hmm. and it just gives them permission to you know, right. continue this regionalization BS. Like, I mean, you can make an argument that it was unfair to send SEMO here. Yeah. You certainly like, why, could. Why doesn't SEMO get to play Davidson? Yeah. Like, good. honestly, like they, yeah. weren't, what, weren't they 9-2? and two? Yeah, 9-2. and two. They got to come here? Yeah, but strength of schedule. But 9-2 and yeah. two in a shitty conference. No, sure, for sure. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I mean, you get to play, like, who gets to play Davidson? Who played Davidson? Um, uh, who was it? Richmond? Hang on. I clicked away. Richmond. Yeah. Richmond. Richmond. Okay. Yeah. They played in a pretty good conference. Yeah. Now yeah. Richmond goes to SAC. That actually that might be an interesting game. Um, North Dakota's last home game, there were ninety five hundred people there. Mm-hmm. Um, Weber's regular conference. Because this Thanksgiving weekend, that's that's a tough one for a qualifier. When Weber played SAC, oh, shit, well, they had 7,100. So, yeah, that is yeah. – <laughs> okay. I thought I was going to pull that Weber had like 10-plus, but they didn't. I think Weber averaged something around like 8. Yeah. And Sam Herder put out those those numbers. Okay. And I'm sure – I don't know. They probably didn't have good – I don't know. Did, like, you guys watched some of that game. Did, that, did Weber how – how were their stands? I, I wa- uh, it was okay. I mean, they had bad weather. I saw that. I think it was only like 4,000 or something. Yeah. 4,400. There was no 4,500. Yeah. Let's round up. 4,500. Because I was going to say we had 300 or three times when anybody else did. But uh, I only watched part of it because I was far more interested in watching or see, see if Oregon could – if we were going to be watching, yes. Friday. What, what game we'll be watching Friday night? Yeah, um, <laughs> we have talked about them. that. You two yeah. are going to the uh, Pac-12 championship. Hell right. yeah! Who are you rooting for, Kyle? Oh, I don't know yet. <laughs> Maybe USC. I'm so excited. So to watch is this USC. their last year in the Pac-12, or they have one more? No, year? they go. They have next year, and then the year after they go oh, to wow. the Big Ten in 2025. Okay. But we're going to watch the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, we're, we're going to watch USC. Awesome. You guys are going to have a great world their only loss. in that giant stadium, too. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be cool to check that stadium out. Yeah. So I am oh, I am now that the Packers game's up. I've pulled up the Grizz game, and it's just on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, goes Malik. I went right to the third quarter because that's where to go. Man, Malik, he, he that ball bounced oh, off his hands. Oh, he yeah. almost <laughs> slipped. Like, well, he does like a 360 trying to pick the ball back up. Like yeah. he loses it. I did not notice he did. You're yep. right. He just tossed the ball right. Into the this stadium. is all right below me too. Like this, yeah, like he spins around and then he like puts his hands on the ground and then just untouched. So you got one guy to beat. Number seven. Number seven's not catching him. And he's gone. And then ball in the stands. <laughs> oh wow! Hey, way he up really there. Really playing it up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think Bobby made him run the M for the personal foul. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Because no. uh, <laughs> if Malik Flowers didn't show up in that game, it ain't, it ain't happening. <laughs> Run them, damn it! But thanks for <laughs> thanks for winning the game. Will he get the credit that he deserves as a player here? No, I agree. He this people the, will remember him the yeah. same way they remember LV. In my opinion, Lamander Seegers. Oh, 
you know, he was a spark. People will remember him. Oh, of Fun, course. Big playmaker, get the ball in his hands. As a receiver, what I think people remember is that we criminally underused him. Now, yeah. some people would say maybe that's because he didn't earn any more use. I don't know, but yeah. still, like, you don't. I, I always go back to this when people say that because we know a guy who says he's. We got a text message from him earlier this year that says Malik Flowers sucks as a wide receiver. Yeah. He doesn't have to run a complicated That's route right. tree for no. him to be effective. Like, There's like, a few plays that you could put yeah. him in where he will be very effective. I mean, like, his touchdown against the Cats and then his performance against SEMO, and we've yeah. seen this before. Like, this isn't hard. Uh, yeah, I don't need him running, like, <laughs> all these routes, honestly. Like, just get him the ball in space or, like, create areas where you can take the top off the defense. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Yep. And, it, like, you're right. He, it's criminally underused because, like, he will not – I think it's never been that. It is funny with Malik, though, because it's like I have repeatedly gotten into this argument on Twitter and Egris or other places. Like, he is the greatest kick returner we've ever had. Yes. Yeah. Um, and people say, no, it's Mark Mariani. And you go and you pull his stats and – Interestingly, Heidelberg was sick. Mark, too, no, yeah, yeah, but it's like, but that's the thing. It's like Heidelberg was great. LV had his moments. I mean, tough Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of, but we have never had a guy. Tough Harris, Luke's Luke's most attractive great football player <laughs> yeah. ever. Handsome man. Were you on the pod with us that week? I don't think so. But Coulter says he's the most. Handsome or it was man Coulter was yeah, on the and Luke was and Coulter were like, was like, he's such a good looking man. <laughs> Uh, out there Valentine's yeah. Day. <laughs> like Mark Mariani has only one kickoff return touchdown. Really? Seriously? That's his only he has, but he was a punt return. He has a lot of punt return. And touchdown. I think that's where people because so, he had more well, time. And then people and then what then they'll also add in the, the argument that is hard to uh compare to right now is people say Mark Mariani got to the Pro Bowl as a kick return. Well it's like yeah no shit Malik's not even in the NFL. Like we like we don't even so, know what his pro career is going to look like. With those pre <laughs> So it's just kind of like Okay, and yeah, yeah kick, the kickoff kickoffs are different now, too. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to actually be, like, a kickoff specialist um, and just that. So um, He's the best. I mean, he's the he most. Is. Oh, you can see my water bottle fall on this because I did have to have the security guard hey, throw me the Daniel water bottle. There he is. Combing that hair. So if you watch one. the highlights of Flowers, right when he throws the ball up, you see a water bottle drop down onto the stadium. That's yours. That's mine. I must have accidentally kicked it off uh, in mm-hmm. my, my celebration. Water bottle? No, it was legitimately a water bottle I bought okay. at the store. All right. Sure. I, um, I, I need to be hydrated because there was a lot of fireball at the tailgate. Yeah, before the a, lot of fireball. a lot of fireball. I was drinking Crown Vanilla at the tailgate, which oh, interesting. not really I just shout out to my friend Jen who who brings a lot of fireball. and um, they, they can't prepare it, and we used it all. I, was, um, I got handed a, a bottle from someone coming in. And then when the game was over, I bumped into someone I know there too, and she's like, "Oh wait, I got something for you We're in the stadium." And she like pulls out. A, I don't think security was really watching the gates, especially at halftime. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know we do, we, we shared that photo of all the can confiscated. I had to stand in line to get back in at halftime. Yeah, well, it's because they don't have as many gates open. Oh, that makes sense. And they had one person at each gate. Yeah. It was That's a mess. Right. Yeah. This is a whole another yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yes. Put that on the list. Oh, um, okay. Back to flowers. He. Okay, so he almost changes our game against Eastern Washington last year. Almost saves us there. Almost does it against Weaver. Weaver. Did it today, or did yes, it last Jim. night. Like, yeah, he, I mean, he should be remembered in this program, like, far greater than he will be. Absolutely. Yep. And maybe we're, 
maybe we're we're being a little bit downer. Like maybe people will remember that, especially if they can somehow get past NDSU and go right. on a run. Yeah, oh my god. Um, yeah. But that's a whole other conversation. You mentioned you know thirty minutes ago when we were done talking about this game <laughs> that you also liked so you the night like game aspect. Yeah. So I love the night game aspect. Um, you know, second late season night game. It was fun. Yeah, I like, didn't even care that it started at eight. And and people might point to the attendance, and be like, "See, the night game is all." I, I that was Thanksgiving weekend, following up a very lackluster last weekend of hunting, a lackluster game against the Cats, and back into the playoffs. Like it yeah. is what it is. I was laughing though because we went. I went out to my tailgate and we you know cleaned up and did all that. And Brent had texted and said he was going to stay at his for a while, and you're doing that. And so we finished doing ours, and they all load up. And I grab my beer and I'm walking from my tailgate to Brent's. You know, just. Through the snow, see another Grizz fan, shouting Grizz. I look at my phone. It's like 1 in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, what else would make this okay except, you know, a Grizz football game that <laughs> yeah. didn't get over until like 11.45. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I found Kyle, and we went to Flippers. That's right. We had a great time at Flippers. Yeah, that's what proper Missoulians do here. So. You know who I met at Flippers? Austin Valley. Oh, hey. And um, just talking about salad meals. I... Uh, I introduced myself, and he's familiar with the pot. Don't know if he listens regularly. He wants to come on. Austin Valley, for our listeners, you like him, even if you don't realize it. Yeah. He is the one that puts together all the videos and all the clips of all things Grizz Athletics, right? Yep. He's the highlight reel. He does all the uh, – not just highlight reel. That, that is way simple. No, but I mean, like, and, and I think clips, he's like the clips, director. Clips uh, – um, Riley's radio casts into the video, and so I mean, he like he is someone that we are lucky to have, and I I wish that um, the athletic department would unleash him more. He's, frankly, you guys should be like director uh, of new media. When when you guys get this uh, whole like streaming situation figured out, and people can watch this, you guys should have him do an intro like a like a Channel Four news team style intro. See, I think I don't <laughs> know if we could get him to James, do it, Brent, because Luke. Uh, you know, he works because for the university, but... You could pay him, right? I mean, he could do some <laughs> side work. He could do some freelancing. Austin, uh, have Austin Valley NIL deals? Yeah. Hey, there you go. Do a cool do a cool <laughs> intro. If the players, that. if Bergen yeah. could get, you know, the Lithia stuff, then, yeah. then Austin could get the no GFP money. Yeah. <laughs> All that money we don't get. Yeah. It's a real money-producing operation oh, here. Man. There's some opportunities here. <laughs> Fair enough. Um Anything else in the game? I actually like the way Childs uh, ran, and yeah. I hope Osmo's okay. I'm feeling he's not. Yeah, um, yeah. And this is the one thing about our weird depth at running back this year is like Childs has looked pretty good when he's gotten opportunities mm-hmm. to run. Absolutely. And if we have Childs, Harris, Gilman. and Gilman, like I'm pretty okay with that backfield. Agreed too. You know, I'm I'm mostly because I don't think we're going to be able to run against them a ton anyway. So we need to have guys who we can motion out and, and do other things with and. I just think right now too, like if you're, if you don't use Gilman, like this is it, like right, like he can't have any more than four games now. Yeah, but and he's he he's only used one, so, right. so yeah, he's got so there's three left in the right, season yeah, so. at most. Yeah, well, so, it could be four if they went to a national championship, but is it four? I thought there'd be three more. No, because we're in the round of sixteen, then the round of eight, then the round of four. Oh, you're right. right. Okay, yeah. but okay. they should absolutely play him because he was an NDSU recruit. Yeah. Well, that that was we had this tweet at the pod where it says, uh, "I'm hoping Osmo is healthy and can play next week." But let let me tell you a scenario: Eli Gilman plays against North Dakota State, who recruited him hard. Not only does he play, but he has an amazing game and leads the Chris to victory. That'd be great. I'll take it. <laughs> Hell yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> you know, and that's the other thing we we talk about playoffs and stuff like that. 
you know, two extra weeks of practice, two extra week, weeks of reps, like that stuff matters, yeah. especially for the younger guys. Yeah, there was a, on last week's pod, somebody asked um, whether this is even a good thing that we're getting in the playoffs. It's absolutely a I good think, thing. Right? But I mean, just from the standpoint that you're getting extra football reps, yep. like every real that game alone you can play is like, is worth it. Even if you only get two weeks, yeah. right? Like you got two more weeks than a lot of teams in in the FCS and two more weeks than most teams in the big sky. So being on TV like, helps recruiting. Yeah. I know we have a, <clears throat> the talk is we have a minimal amount of scholarships that probably to, to work with and many are spoken for. So it kind of is what it is, but just continuing your play usually has a lot of good for the long-term run of the program. And I know last week, especially at extreme length, we talked about needed changes and things like that. So Hopefully that's just not lost on. And it's, mm-hmm. it's also the whole idle hands thing. Like, if the players have nothing to do, then all the discontent can breed, and then yeah. it's like you start. Oh, maybe I should do the transfer portal. It's like right. if we're busy. Keep playing. Keep right. playing. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I also think that games like that they're good for recruiting because again, to the point about keeping the younger guys, it reminds people like this is why this is a place to come. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can have this moment here mm-hmm. um, and be in the stadium and be a part of this this energy in this environment. Oh, look, Grossman. Grossman. Wow. Weird. Weird. Shocking. When you put the ball in his hands, it's just like good things happen. Um, man, there was one other point I wanted to make along these lines of why the playoffs are good. But, um, you know, if it comes back to me, I'll throw it out. We probably have about 30 questions on Twitter that might um, stir your Tell us. I think we've touched all the playoff games. Yeah. Um, so, Cats and Weber play each other. Real quickly, who do you think is going to win that game? I think Weber's Weber. going to win. Well, you, I think the Cats are going to win. I think the I guys are going to win by 10-plus. Wow. I just, it feels like, yeah. Um, I think Davis is a big addition to Josh Davis, Weaver. back for Weaver. I think that's right. huge. Healthy-ish. Yeah. As healthy as he will be. What about Sac State? They got Richmond. They haven't won a playoff game with Taylor. It's like the one knock on him. I haven't looked at Richmond as a team. Like I just generally think, I mean, there's actually feels like stats behind this. East Coast to West Coast. It's not a good thing for the East That's Coast That's a brutal. Yeah. Um, and it's a later game, I think, too. And I really do think Sack is good. I, I really do think Sack is oh, good. I don't think late. it's the same as same thing that you're looking at last year. Yeah. Like, I think this team is, like, legit. Although yeah. I do think that they are – they have been, for the last half of the season, dancing with getting upset. Like, they're, they're – Yeah. Yeah. Their games have been That's close. Fair. I think they're going to win. But Keelan White scores a touchdown – See, if you want to relive this game, all you got to do is turn it on from about the middle part of the third quarter to the middle part of the fourth. It's like you're watching, with the cats you're watching one year, quarter of football. Or last week. Yeah, I just watched the Brit parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't watch any of it. It's awesome. Um, oh, man. I'm trying to get these uh, stats up for Richmond. I'm just curious if like they have a good defense or I, yeah i don't know i mean i can't say that i know anything All right, about richmond, richmond. richmond defense just, allows 18 points per game 120 rushing 200 passing they appear to have a pretty good pass offense almost 290 per game they don't turn it over a lot um what was their what was their records they were seven and 14 uh, nine and three now they were eight and three coming oh, okay in. okay so they were uh yeah in the colonial right ca richmond and the game kind is kind of a weak I, conference I was, now, though, right? No, CAA sent five like the big sky, right? They four, w- I think. William, Delaware, William and Mary, Richmond, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, 
Maybe that's it. So four. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Four. Okay. Uh, I, I don't and, know. And the I game's just... at the game's at five p.m. Eastern, so it's not like they're playing at like ten p.m. their time. But the travel yeah. will be will be a factor. It's just a long ways to go. Yep. Um, it's not. I'm sure it's not difficult travel for them because it's going Correct to Sacramento. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just. Uh, I usually don't like that. No, it's tough. Yeah, it's a long one. That's why the Niners always shack up on the East Coast when right. they go there for a while. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, good strategy. Is that the only? Is that the last game that we've? It's the last one about? I care about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other ones: New Hampshire at Holy Cross, Furman at Incarnate Word, Gardner Webb at Bill and Mary, Delaware at South Dakota State, Southeastern Louisiana. Goes wait, who has William and Mary? Gardner Webb, six oh, and five. Okay. Gardner Webb, yeah, probably not. Seven and well, five. Well, seven and five. Now. Yeah, corrections. Um, but see, yeah. that's the thing. They got a freaking. Yeah, they played a bad team. They got to win. Mm-hmm. It just this drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're headed to North Dakota, Fargo. We are, but right now we're at the point in the game where we. Um, <laughs> so Bergen returns it. No, they're on their we're drive. Stop them! Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and it was loud. Like, you could just feel it. Anyway, North Dakota State. Brent, what do we know? North Dakota State. I don't know. I mean, I had to really look them up. I don't really know a lot about them. Apparently, their mascot is the, the bison. Um, I believe it's the bison. Something like that. Um, kind of an, an obscure team that not a lot of people have heard about. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, it's hard. This to, is going to be What town are they in? <laughs> what town are they in? I don't know. Um, Bismarck, I think. Um <laughs> Shithole. <laughs> uh, okay, right. Fargo's not a bad place. Yeah, we're for North Dakota. It's not what I heard last week. <laughs> um, all right, so North Dakota State, right? The Bison, the greatest FCS dynasty of all time. Um, continually placing players in the NFL. It is so crazy. You look at their roster. They are. They've got kids from Florida. They've got kids from all over the place. I mean. This is a program that we have observed in the last decade plus absolutely build themselves into a powerhouse unlike any other that we have seen at this level. Um, Upon his return here, Bobby Houck made it quite clear that the model of the way he wants to rebuild this Grizzly team is to build this team to be able to play and hang with. And, you know, obviously your goal is to beat – North Dakota State. Yeah, he basically said it. And like, I think he had a comment for yeah, some four of, years. He's like, this is four years in the making. Because, you know, Bob Stitt, we saw it. So we saw North Dakota State twice in 2015, right? Um, instant classic game in the smoke with the home opener with ESPN and Brent Musburger calling the game here in town. And then we go there for the playoffs and Easton Stick. Uh, was it because was uh, Carson Wentz hurt and Easton Stick played most of the playoff game? I can't remember. Or maybe they both played. Anyways. Whatever it was, they kicked the crap out of us. <laughs> yeah, destroyed. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so NDSU, we have two common opponents. They have also played South Indiana Dakota, State. and they played Indiana State. They beat South Dakota thirty-four seventeen. We beat them twenty-four seven. Uh, they beat Indiana State thirty-one twenty-six. We beat Indiana State forty-nine fourteen. Um, Interestingly, in both those games, South Dakota and Indiana State led at half. 
And then as the second half kind of went on, NDSU just kind of outpaced it. That 31-26 Indiana State score, um, Indiana State did score a late touchdown to make maybe make it a little closer. It was like about an 11 point. So, yeah. Um, but it's interesting because in both these games, neither South Dakota nor Indiana State had an incredible amount of yards. Both, both situations... Um, like kind of mid 300s where NDSU and both those ran the ball because it is what they do. Um, so it, it, it's it's maybe a little tricky to be like, we kicked the crap out of those two schools and NDSU, you know, beat one of them by two scores and one of them by one score. So this is just going to be great for the Grizz. Um, do you have a breakdown at all on like their uh, run pass ratio? NDSUs, yeah. I don't yet, but I mean it's it's a vast. It's it's probably two to one or three to one run. Okay, um, I would guess that's what I would expect. But. So I looked at so you know the interesting thing, um, their defense plays better at home. They they allow twenty two points per game on the road. They allow fourteen points per game at home. Uh, so uh, the other thing, and we talked about this a few pods ago. I don't think they've sold their stadium out this year. Which is weird. They'll sell what? this one out, though. I mean, like... They didn't for South Dakota State or North Dakota. What? So the Fargo Dome, it's kind of weird, because at first I thought it was like a way undersell, because the Fargo Dome can hold like 26,000, but its football configuration, it holds 19. And their attendance for the North Dakota game was 18,800. And the South Dakota South Dakota State game, which was there, one versus two, I think, at the time, was 18,600. So it's not like it was like... Look like the south end zone in the playoff game. But, I mean, it just seems kind of crazy that, like, your two chief rival games, both ranked games, and especially one where you're number one versus number two, um, you didn't have full attendance. And so There's just so many things yeah. to do in Fargo, though. Yeah, I mean, Fargo in you know, December. Boy, there's a I lot mean, of stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but so this is kind of the crazy thing, and I, James was alluding to this a little bit earlier. So they've got... They they run the hell out of this, the ball. Um, they have three running backs that all average over 30 yards per game. And they're led by this Hunter Loopkey kid. He's injured, isn't he? He got hurt and didn't play the UND game. So he's got a few weeks off to get ready for us. It was a shoulder injury, according to a I think he's article. Missed, I, th- I thought he had missed like quite a bit of time this year okay i just i i saw a quick article so his status is a little unknown but this this kid i mean he's 6'1 236 um what's wild is like so ndsu this year doesn't have like a single dude that's got like 1500 rushing yards um he's got 621 rushing yards on the season he also has 200 receiving yards. He's their third leading receiver. <laughs> uh, 13 total touchdowns. He has the most receiving touchdowns on the team as a fullback. Um, the other running back they use, Tameric Williams, uh, he is 6'1", 230. And he's got almost 560 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. And then they've got uh, their little bit kind of you know shorter, uh, smaller, burner-type guy, Kobe Johnson. Uh, he's 5'9", 188. He's got 508 rushing. Uh, and three touchdowns. And their quarterback, Cam Miller, um, he passes for about 130 a game. Uh, he rushes. He's got 263 rushing yards, and he has the most amount of rushing touchdowns for North Dakota State. So this is just a team that it's like 
They run at you with big guys. They run at you with even bigger guys. They run at you with small guys, and the quarterback runs at you as well too. Um, yeah, I was I was wrong. He's 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 played in ten games this year. Yeah. So, but you know, maybe dinged up in a few, and then sat out the North Dakota game. Yeah. I think is what the he's. I've I've wanted the Niners to draft him. I mean, he's a Kyle. He's like a Kyle Hughes. He's a use check kind of guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's gonna be the thing. So like, this Grizzly defensive front is gonna be facing. Let's just assume he's playing a near 240-pound fullback, a 230-pound running back, a 190-pound running back, and a 215-pound quarterback that all are going to run it. And then they've got all their depth guys that come in and run the ball as well, too. It sounds perfect <laughs> for a three-down line. Right. <laughs> um, they have, like, earlier, right, I was just cheering for the Packers, Christian Watson. They've, uh, they've got this receiver, number zero, Zach Mathis. He's kind of the predominant receiver. He's 6'6". But he's only got 330 yards and three touchdowns on the season. Uh, leads the team in uh, most receiving categories, save touchdowns. So um, this is going to be one of these games, I think. For the Grizz, I think it's predominantly seven or eight in the box. Um, hopefully. And uh, and stop the run, because that's what you got to do. I mean, this team that rushes for hundreds and hundreds of yards per game, every game, uh, ball control, is what they do, and you look at a lot of their box scores, and it kind of reminds you of, to a, to some extent, of a little kind of bobby ball from the first time Hauk was here, where it's close at half, or your opponent is leading, and then they just wear you out. They wear you out, and they do not punt. They you know they do not punt. They they <clears throat> do not give the ball back to you very often in the second half, and most of their drives end in touchdowns. So. They're a crazy efficient offense. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. It sounds like they're vulnerable this year. <laughs> it seems, it seems to be. like everybody wants to say that. Well, I mean, they've like, had a lot. Of, the year they've had a lot of closer games. Um, it does seem like their their threat, their vertical passing threat, just isn't there. Um, they haven't had to do this this year. They've got two losses, um, but they've not had to be in a shootout, right? But that's they intentionally they design their their game yeah. plan and build their team so that doesn't happen. But if they get in a situation where they have to ditch the run, which it's hard to imagine what that would be, I I, I just I don't know what that looks like for that team. Um, and Neither if, do they, right? Yeah, because <laughs> they they they've never seen it. Yeah, and I'd be shocked. Yeah. So they so they got two losses on the season. They lost at Arizona. Um, Arizona passed for two hundred thirty on them. Um, positive turnover margin, and they kept NDSU to only 283 rushing yards. Uh, South Dakota State also beat them at home. Uh, South Dakota State ran the ball really well and held NDSU to 127 rushing and also had a positive turnover margin in the game as well, too. So it kind of seems like, I mean, the super easy metric is you have to stop the single most prolific rushing offense in the FCS, and you can, you know, maybe win the game. Um these guys don't turn the ball over. Um, their defense has forced a lot of picks. Of course, when you're a rushing quarterback, like I think the quarterback has three interceptions because he doesn't throw the ball much. Um, they've only lost six fumbles the whole season, so they've only you know they're giving up less than one opportunity per game for turnovers. Uh, defensively, they're allowing 145 rushing yards and 147 passing yards per game. Like Mike, you said earlier, this pass defense of theirs. It's like third or fourth in the nation. Yeah, isn't it? it's really, really, really damn good. Um, the other thing that really stood out to me, 
their red zone efficiency, their offense scores touchdowns 74% of the time in the red zone. Um, and their scoring, overall scoring, I don't think I've got that up in front of me anymore, but it was like, it was in the 90s. It was, it was wild. Just they, they just don't make errors in the red zone. I mean, they don't make errors. They don't make errors, yeah. They convert third downs almost 55% of the they're time. They're a machine. I mean, they're a machine. They set up short. And so, like, the game plan can't have third and shorts, have to force them to punt, have to put points on the board. Which, I mean, I want to believe. So what? what is the defensive staff going to change about our defensive approach to to Nothing. prevent what happened against Montana State from happening again. So I know it's a slightly different running attack, but I mean, see, the thought would be in theory, North Dakota State will probably try to incorporate the film that our defense has provided from that MSU game. I would think. I hope. Um, on the flip I mean, side, they might just say we've got the best O-line and the best running backs and the best running game. I think they're different. We don't, we don't need to get goofy with our offense because we're just going to come at you and smash you in the face. I mean, I haven't watched them really at all, but just knowing what they have been in the past, they are different they're styles different, of it's run different, games. Yeah. It's not like like they're it's more. Power, I think they're more power, like power, power. Uh, gap scheme blocking. Yeah, like but I mean, if, a, if not, a team's like, running all over us, are we going to bring an extra big guy in? No. Why not? I don't know, because we are beholden to our system. I mean, I think Rainey had a really good tweet yesterday uh, about when SEMO, um, sorry, I'm watching it through the, <laughs> through the window. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's, Mike's TV is reflecting off his window. Uh, um, when they had the ball at the goal line, we did not change our personnel. We don't change our personnel. No. So I don't know if they're going to just – Rely on what we have seen and where they were like last week. They said we just didn't execute in certain ways. Yeah. One quick side sidebar: you talk about not changing our personnel. That Semo touchdown drive before half, Justin Ford didn't Justin play. Justin Ford didn't play until multiple, they got down multiple. to the red zone, and then they brought him in. Yeah. What the hell? It's is not that? the first time that's happened. This, this has happened all season. Yeah, they've it's rotated. A, it's a rotate rotate no, I, I get it, but why? I why? Know. I don't know. Keep him fresh. Keep him fresh. Nobody throws at him. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a lot of work to yeah. talk shit and run Phantom Rattler. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a chance that we change anything about our personnel. I think they're going to just hope that we execute and that we mind um, our responsibilities. Yeah. And I mean, the bringing the extra big guy in, I kind of thought about this as like, well, put Gubner and Alford on the field at the same time. But then I got to thinking on the keep them fresh stance or like if one of them gets hurt or something, it's like, we know we don't have like a lot of good experienced, big depth behind them. So like playing that balancing act of, is it better to have them both on the field or is it better to have them the ability to rotate around? I don't know. Yeah. I can see benefits to, to both, but also I, I firmly believe we'll, we'll see the straight up same old, Three three five. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, North Dakota State's coaching staff is good at scouting other teams, right? I mean, yep, they say. must be because be. they don't lose. So hopefully, they haven't seen something that they think they can absolutely target within our defense, and they can attack it, and that 
something we something don't within know. something that we do can actually cause havoc for. Their style would that be cool game. for a change? It's a it's, shot in the dark. It's yeah. a, but it feels it's all like hope. We've, we've got the guys on offense to try and do that. We just have to be unconventional. Yeah, which we won't. I mean, I I just like, unless if this is the the four the year the four year rope a dope and we come out and we just <laughs> spread it wide. Yeah, that'd be something. Throw for four hundred on them and put forty on the board. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be amazing. If we actually use our talent and we, <laughs> you know, hit areas of the field that are created by the guys that we have, but yeah, we're, um, yeah. I mean, so that was that's my quick look. I haven't done my full like over top bottom scouting on on these guys, but we know what North Dakota State is, um, as do they, as do our coaching staff. This isn't like a SEMO or Incarnate Word or something else where it's like, oh, this is a team we like nationally we're unfamiliar with that we've really got to just dive in and figure out like what it is they do well and what it, and how how you try to beat them how much did they run on us in like 2015 it was a lot i'd have to look the it first, up the first game the first game <sighs> give me a minute let me pull it up i don't I, I felt like they ran a ton on us in the playoff game yeah, that score was a little was a lot closer than that game was. The playoff one? Yeah. So okay, when because yeah. I think we only lost. I think by they like ran a lot more in the playoff game. Thirty-seven to six. Because oh, okay. what's his wow, name? Wow, is Easton, that what it was? Easton Stick was playing. Yeah. Carson Wentz was still hurt in the first game. They threw it a lot more because Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz. Yeah. No, it was Tyron Holmes went off in that first game for us. So in the first game, North Dakota State ran for two thirty, passed for two hundred. In the second game, North Dakota State ran for 250 and passed for 66. But Montana had four Future, interceptions yeah. in that game. Yeah. I think did we lose a fumble too? Yeah. That game was just a mess. Yeah, and the, yeah, they held the ball for 40 minutes of clock. Wow. North Dakota State did, and they had one, only one for 14 on third down and still beat us 37 to six. They, they were one for fourteen. That's the box and score. They that sounds ball weird. for forty minutes. Yeah, boy, that doesn't add up. No, they had a kickoff return against us and a pick six. That might have been Kawa. You were thinking they, so. We is twenty four six and in the yeah. into the third, and then kickoff return after a Grizz touchdown, and then um, I just remember our offense, six. our defense. I think held them to like a reasonable amount of points. Were you, were you thinking we, about? There was a time we went there when Mick Delaney was coach. No, no, I was thinking about the playoff okay, game. Okay. I, I, I mean, we held their offense to a reasonable amount of points, right? right? But right, like, right. we yeah. got our asses kicked. Six points, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know what we do, honestly, in this one. I think, I mean, they have to play the, as perfect as they can. Yeah. This, like, schizophrenic team that we've heard about that is, yeah. like, from one, one half to the next or one week to the next, like, it can't exist. If we have a half like we did in the first half, we will lose by th- four touchdowns. Yeah, and we're, you're not coming back no. down 21, 21 points right. on the road against North Dakota State. Right. Um, that second half against SEMO was the only good half of football they've played against a good team all year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. on the offensive side of the ball, defense has had their – I mean, defense played a great game against Weber, a great game against Sac State. And I should, I should take that back. I mean, the offense – 
did well against Sac State. And even Chris Brown led two touchdown drives. Like, it just, that game just is what it is. But, uh, um, I don't know, man. We're at the point of the game where it's 24 24. And, uh, I think this is where Chris kick a field goal, goal but we yeah. had so many chances. We should have scored a touchdown. Like this just – Oh, that's another personnel thing, not to yeah. just keep jumping back and forth. When we threw that Hail Mary, where the fuck was Ryan's? Where Simpson was he? wasn't even on the field, was he? He wasn't on the field. Uh, that makes sense. You're a tall possession-wide receiver? Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to throw – you're not going to put one of the tallest guys on the <laughs> – like weird. what? Weird, weird, weird. Um, stuff. Anyway. Um, so – do I think that we've got the talent on the roster that they could have everything fall right and win this game? I do. Yeah. Do I think that it's going to happen? No. I just don't. There's nothing, and I'm not trying to be negative, there's nothing that this team has shown this year yet that would make me believe they can go pull this off. Oh, I know what could do it. Get new bread. <laughs> 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 the great one's legacy starts yeah. Saturday. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative. I just, like, this is a tall task. I The thing about it is this team that had national championship aspirations, they're all still there. Like, we don't have any major injuries. Like, sure, Marcus Knight's not here, but we weren't running the ball well all year anyway. Right, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, right. So, I mean, like, yeah, the guys are there. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked, but I just, I don't see it. I think we have the talent. I don't think we have... Uh, the ability through our coordinators to do it. Well, and again, this is interesting. Boy, that's a yeah. Sorry, yeah. You don't think so? I don't. I just. I just don't trust them doing the things that they need to 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 get even guys the ball. If, even like, after halftime really no. of this game, where they made the adjustments, no. Like if they if they come out aggressive and make the adjustments like they did on offense in the second half, I could see it a little bit. I They're just, also going to be playing against a probably a much better skilled coaching staff in the North Dakota State staff than the SEMO staff. Not meaning to knock on the SEMO coaches because I don't really know them, but just what that NDSU staff has experience-wise and ability-wise to also counterpunch um, is probably better than what SEMO had, I yeah. would guess. Yeah. I think it's gotten in our way all season, and I think it, it – is the thing that gets in our way. Yeah. I could see that. This weekend. Well, and I mean, this is the unfortunate thing. This is kind of the making of our the, the Grizzlies um, errors in their four losses through the regular season because, um, you know, you could be looking at, even if, say, the Grizz, like you just don't lose the Idaho game. Uh, we're on the road, but we're probably going to play, well, regionalization, we're probably – we're probably still stuck playing the same guys, you know. But it could be something where you're playing a not North Dakota State or South Dakota State. Um, maybe not the Cats again, but maybe. Um, but uh, somebody asked that question of us last week, like how different would our bracket look with one more win? Honestly, I don't know that it would look that much I different. <laughs> I mean, that might we might be in the spot of Weber, yeah, going to the Cats. So the more yeah. I kind of talk my way through that. Um, Actually, I don't know if it would have changed that much. I was kind of thinking it'd be like, okay, then we go and we go play like Holy Cross or something and beat them because they're undefeated at a crap conference. But um, I don't. I'm not really believing that argument anymore. The more I kind of think about this, so yeah. Uh-huh. If so, are we? Have we picked it? 
I mean, I've, I've picked it. You feel like I, you've picked it. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I don't either. I, I just, I, I, I really want to believe in these guys. Um, I mean, I'll be pumped. Man. And absolutely. I believe they can do it. I just, I, yeah. We know what we're up against. We know yep. what they're up against. Um, you know what sucks, too, is that, say we did win. Say we did win. That next round is. The next round is Samford or Southeast Louisiana. Southeast Louisiana would have to come here. Yeah. And we, or we'd have to go to Samford? Like, are you, is anyone, is anyone worried about Samford? No, I mean, they're a seed. <laughs> Samford University in Alabama. That'd be cool. Let's go to Alabama. Hell yeah. Flights it's, are cheap there. It's uh, 20 hours on the train to Fargo. It's oh not easy to get God. there either. Oh, man. That was wild. We were texting about this uh, just for the sake of the pod, but we were all joking about going to Fargo, and Kyle here looks up. <laughs> oh, train tickets are 200 bucks. That's not terrible. It takes 20 hours. 20 hours. <laughs> and, of course, from Missoula, you got to drive to Whitefish and then come back from it as well, too. It's like, what the hell? And, like, a drive, Missoula to Fargo, like, drive time is, like, 16 hours yeah. or something. So it's just like... I, I I don't know. I don't. You think know. you pass through over under two and a half blizzards driving to Fargo? Over 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 this Especially time of year. This time of year. Yeah. And I guess that'd be like that. Probably maybe be the argument. Well, take rail because you're not in the middle of eastern Montana or yeah. somewhere in North Dakota when a giant blizzard hits you and it's you know on you and your driving abilities and your you also don't get highway hypnosis where you're just like oh <laughs> like I was looking at the highway the the interstate is like across. Across North Dakota is like literally straight. It's like almost yeah. on the same like latitude line the entire way. Well, <laughs> when you're going through flat with no mountains, yeah, it's a lot easier really to, to do just draw a straight yeah. line. Yeah. It's a lot easier to put that interstate yeah. in than it was uh, <laughs> our region. Oh man! Right. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, the year's been fun. Season's been frustrating you'll hear from us after the game either way in some way, shape, or form. Do you want to get to questions? I do want to get to okay, questions. Okay, because you, you sound like you're moving no, I'm, a wrap I'm, I'm, I'm trying like to... If you know, Mike's if we watching the game. Say, yeah. No, I'm trying to justify <laughs> like, how oh. all three of us just picked against the Grizz in a playoff game. But it's. I think it's legitimate. I just... Yeah. I can't imagine a lot of people, like, as you I mean, rationally The, the line is ten and a half points. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be interested to see which way that moves. I wouldn't be surprised if it moves down. You think? I, I mean, Mont- I mean, not saying that. Like, I think. Te- I just think like Montana has a big name. North Dakota State has a big name. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, but it's gonna get some attention. I know Sean Rainey. I don't know. I don't know about these lines and them moving around. All right. All right. And what time is the game? It is three thirty. So one thirty our time. Yeah, perfect. We'll perfect. be at. Uh, at uh, that place, Tory Pines, Pines, right? Yeah. Uh, in uh, down in Vegas, we'll go go there and catch the game. Awesome, fresh off a USC win, hopefully, right? That's right. Okay, the real fight on program. <laughs> <laughs> questions, questions. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, Twitter, uh, Jonathan Claxton. Bobby stated that this game coming up with NDSU has been four years in the making. Am I crazy to think that he's been building a team to specifically beat North Dakota State? Has that been his focus since 2018? 
I absolutely think he's building a team to beat North Dakota State. I don't know if he has. I, just, I don't know if he has on the offensive line. Right. Yeah. And the one thing that's kind of interesting is our defensive scheme isn't necessarily the best scheme to beat North Dakota State. Yeah, I wouldn't think I, I wouldn't think so in just like numbers, but I am like I just am interested to see like what they can do to like sort of like if if there are things that you can do within that defense. Yeah. Like um, remember those flex defenses? You know. They would confuse offensive linemen and who they were going to be like sure. blocking and stuff because of the the weird things that they could do with moving people around and where they could blitz from and stuff like that. Like, right, right. I wonder if there is that possibility. I don't know, but like, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, Bridger, would you rather play North Dakota State next week or Montana State? North Dakota State. Yeah. I genuinely mean that. Yeah, I don't want to play Montana State. I don't want to play the Cats again this year either. <laughs> I just don't want to hear from my friends. I just don't want. Fans. Yeah, like, I, I just, just don't. I'm exhausted from that. Just, you know, give me a few more weeks. Yeah. Uh, do these pants make me look snag? Basically, asks how is it possible that this team came out so flat? Um, says props to the kids uh, because they decided they weren't going out that way, um, and then points out that it seems like uh, blitzing linebackers. Um, are running into guards too often. Uh, why not come off the edge once in a while? It's a fair question. We do come off the edge, though, but it's... Yeah. And that could be part of like the way that they run their games, too. And that could be, like, again, the counterpunch from SEMO or something. Yeah, I was right? going to say, so. I also think that we, we, we bring a lot of pressure and teams, I mean, they're throwing mm-hmm. stuff out there to try and block it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, Caden Sukut is asking us just about thoughts on the atmosphere uh, compared to the crowd size. It was incredible. It was great. That was you guys made so much fun. I can't remember who it was last week, but said like those those crowds are usually the the fans that are the most engaged. Yeah, like the, those are the fans that are going to make the, the most noise anyway. Like, <laughs> and they really were because like that was loud. Oh yeah, and they were we've, coming back. You know, we've talked about this with almost every player guest we've had on. Um, Though. Those playoff crowds, even if they're smaller, especially Thanksgiving ones, like those people want to be there. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Kalmberg just uh, pointing out epic game. Uh, amazing to be there and watching battle till the end. Um, asking, what is the what does it take for this? I'm assuming it means mostly the second half offense. What does it take for that offense to be consistent? Um, yeah, getting the ball to Flowers, getting the ball to Grossman. Go Grizz. I think we touched on player Taylor. <laughs> Flowers, Grossman, Bergen. Oh, my God. Let's go. Yeah. A few deep shots to Fonts. Let's do it. Uh, David Coy. Uh, so Malik Flowers, as we talked. Right on, uh, cue. Right on cue. Flowers just got a huge deep shot. Bam. Uh, chucked the ball. Magic. Chucked the ball after his score. Uh, Spose instead he throws it. So, see, David thought he threw it up the tunnel, too. So he's saying if, if, you, if you, Mike, if you caught that ball, um, that Malik flew into the, threw in the stands. Would you try to keep it, or would you throw it back? I'm doing everything I can to keep it. Yeah, me too. Everything <laughs> I can to keep it. Those balls are expensive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, what do we got? What do we got? Um, Bridger is asking if North Dakota State's recent transfer portal exodus gives the Grizz any edge at all. I mean, it's interesting, yeah. three contributors. Like, they've got such good depth that I feel like they're a team that can overcome this Probably. sort of thing. Yeah. But it's interesting because it'd be, it'd be like... When was the starting corner? 
wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, all three guys played to some level. Yeah. And it was what was interesting also was kind of reading some of the fan reactions. And, like, some of the fans were crapping on the coach and saying, well, more people are going to leave because he doesn't treat him well. And I was yeah. just laughing. I was like, oh. <laughs> Word. So fans bitch about their coaches at every level. Okay. The quote of one of those guys who was like, I'm worn out. I'm worn down. Yeah. Like, that to me was interesting. Like, maybe... Yeah, my take maybe is on empty. I'm maybe super this dude though. does yeah. it differently at North Dakota State. Yeah, like I mean, they've if had success, right? But like something? maybe, maybe he's. It's I don't just know. weird to say my tank is on empty when your team is in the in playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, and I always think, I don't like, get what it. message are you sending to your new coach? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird. But maybe this is uh, maybe this is Rome. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, let's see. Okay, Jacob Powell. Um, super happy for the players. Uh, he says these, some of these games are becoming more painful to watch, though. Um, Simo came to play. Uh, unfortunate. It's going to take an off season uh, to make any changes to the product that we're seeing on the field. So more just an observation. Um, Silvertip Nation. Which of, of you, uh, if any, would hop on the back of a bison and try to stay on it for three seconds? Um, if staying on meant a guaranteed win against North Dakota State. Not a chance in hell I would try that. Yeah, Luke's going to do it. Luke would absolutely do that. <laughs> uh, Luke, Luke Rounds, is asking how our voices are doing. I feel a little froggy today. I'm also a yeah. little, little, yep. little, you know. It's gotten a little better as the day went yeah. on. This is Sunday night, and I've been drinking a lot of fluids. <laughs> I've been sleepy all day. Oh, me man. too. I, was, I came home and afternoon like, watched part yeah. of the game after the Flippers thing. Like, I'm home alone. It's, you know, I, I need structure. <laughs> Uh, also saying on a scale one to ten, uh, how good was the crowd for a Thanksgiving crowd? Ten. It was ten. Ten. I mean, it's a bummer that we didn't have more people, but yeah. we've covered that. But I mean, I I was talking to my parents tonight. I went over and had dinner with them, and I, I was saying that that sequence in the third quarter with the kick return, the touchdown, great defensive hold, punt yeah. return, like that's as much fun as I've had at any playoff game ever. And it does it doesn't top other playoff games. It's just no. in the it's in that upper echelon of like yeah. moments that are like, God, this is awesome. It's something we don't remember, right? Yep. Oh yeah. 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 Um Nick Larkin with the depth at running back, any thoughts on moving Xavier Harris to slot receiver? No. Mostly no because we have so many receivers already that I don't think that does yeah. anything. Yeah. I also think that Harris out of the backfield is a weapon that presents a lot of opportunities. Much yeah. like his wheel route the other day. Yeah. yeah. I would rather – I mean, I, I wouldn't want to move his position, and I wouldn't want him to be the guy that shifts out. Right. I would want Bergen to be the guy that – Yeah. Or even Flowers, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric Witz, our team's starting to respect uh, Ford so much that it's hard for us to game plan to get him involved. He sat on a lonely island most of the game, and Simo just said, nope, screw that. <laughs> it just is what it is. Isn't that the game plan? Yeah, the game plan is take away a third of the field, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you shift him around and cover different receivers. But. Yeah. Okay, Adam Clinch, regardless of what happens going forward, last night was <sighs> fun as hell. Such a bad pass. We're at the interception point, and uh, yeah, Grossman was wide open in the end zone, and it was just, it was just a bad pass. Lazy. Terrible. Yep. Um. Where does this fall in top 10 best games of Washington Grizzly? Man, these here's, are always hard to rank. Here's Adam's list. Uh, 1, 9 App State. 2, 15 NDSU. 3, 9 South Dakota State. 4, 2000 App State. 5, 1993 South Dakota State. 6, last night's game, SEMO. 
1995, Stephen Faustin. 8, 1994, McNeese. 9, 2001, Idaho. 10, 2013, Cal Poly. Oh, there was a sweet game against Eastern. I was going to say. Atu Molden had like a, a catch, I think. It's a that double overtime win. Yeah, yeah. There was a cool game against Sac State where we uh, came back down 20. Parker yeah, picked Damon off Parker. that like option pat. Like, yep. The Ricky Ray or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Didn't need to pitch it and pitched it. And yeah. yeah. We were going to lose. Um, the Cat game and the Eagle playoff yeah. game last year were both great. Like, it's, yeah. t- it's tough to. The 08 Cat game with the throwbacks. There's a time yeah. I think we had. Uh, the 08, exactly. And it's like you almost have to put categories of playoffs and non playoffs. Um, but there's been a couple of regular season games like that yeah. cat game, like I think I talked about it when Justin Ford scooped up that blocked field goal and yeah. ran it for a touchdown. That's as loud as I've ever heard that place. Yeah. Yeah. It was shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. So there's a lot. Did he have, did, but I, I think I, I think this. our consensus have... might be that the 09 App State game is number one for a lot of people. Yeah, I'd say so. But did he have after 99? that, was 99 App State? Uh, two thousand. I don't think it was 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000. 2000. Yeah, he had that. And that was, it was Jimmy For- Ferris. Ferris. Jimmy right? Ferris over touchdown. Touchdown. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Sent us the national title game. Yeah. I don't I could yeah. Or, or like take the take the cat games out. It looks like he actually did that in this. He doesn't have any cat games in his top ten. That's fascinating. What? Um Yeah. Uh okay, let's see. Okay. <laughs> we have people um, sending us a picture, a screenshot, uh, second quarter, 13 minutes left, a sideline shot with Bobby staring at the field with our Lord and Savior Daniel Britt standing kind of beside him. And there's like so much captured in one picture. <laughs> it is 10 to 0 at that point. Daniel the Great. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Bozeman Grizz agrees with you guys. To beat NDSU, we've got to air it out. Going ground and pound is not going to work. Um, is the staff capable of building an air raid game plan? I don't think you go air raid. Like That's a yeah. totally different philosophy. Yeah, I think uh, if you look at some of the stuff we did against Indiana State, um, moving Lucas around, they're, I guess they're capable, but I just yep. I don't have faith in it. All right, uh, let's see here. Multiple replies on this one, so... Oh, wow, okay. Um, In four tweets, former Grizz, uh, and uh, uh, he was at the game, Reggie Tillman says, uh, role play for these Grizz fans who want to fire, bench, or boo current coaches and players. Give me actual X's and O's solutions. Um, He'd like to hear from Coulter, Cat Nuanez. Uh, about playing a four-man front. I love, the, cat. I love he, that the cats. He goes on. He does go on to say he Coulter's really appreciates what Coulter does for Montana and, and, and sports. Um, <laughs> but sometimes he acts like a bot created by MSU um, to go. Uh, big you know, cat. if you pulled back though, and you <laughs> thought about the media landscape yeah. in Grizz fandom and cat fandom without a dedicated fan podcast and Skyline Sports. Off. It'd be pretty boring. It'd and that's awful. not a knock on any of our media guys. It's just traditional media is different than yeah. this it'd be, other avenues. It'd be a void. There'd be, yeah. you know, you're, you're twice a week. So, you know, knock yeah. on culture all you want, but maybe you should subscribe to his uh, website. Yeah, they do um, a great job. So Reggie was saying that, you know, so should you be more modern on offerings, have better systems, be more creative? What does that look like? Um, what he's trying to say is he loves the pod and he loves Grizz Nation. We'd love to see actual issues identified along with realistic alternatives or solutions. 
I feel like we've yeah. done a lot of identifying actual issues yeah. and realistic solutions. Like yeah. our offensive system, and we've had former players on here saying this too. I mean, like, yeah. there's no identity. We yeah. don't seem to That's we don't seem to issue. game plan to have any continuity throughout the game or to set right. things up. Um, so I mean, I, I think that the solutions are to get more creative on that front and to be more intentional in offense, yeah. have an identity. Yeah. And like this, this gets thrown around a lot, and I don't think it's like a fair criticism of what they do offensively. It's not that they're archaic. I hear this criticism a lot of our offense that we don't do things that we're not modern, and I don't think that's at all fair. Like I don't think what we do is, I don't think the result is good because I think our play calling has no structure to it and has no intent and has no like. I don't think they they counter, and I, I just don't think their play calling is very good. But, like, I don't think what we're doing is not modern. I think it very much fits current college football and, like, um, is with the times. I just don't think the result is good because I think our play calling and our use of of, like, formations and personnel is trash. I think that's fair. I mean, I would say... Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's fair. the The way we use our offense isn't modern, I guess, is what I would say. the The pieces yeah, the, of the do. offense are modern because, like, yeah. we we know they've got that stuff in the playbook because we see it once right. in a while. Right. Yeah. But the way we use it, yeah, yeah I'd agree. And on the defensive side, it was interesting because um, I had a conversation with a uh, um, a, a former uh, cat player uh, very recently that talked about the success of their offense against our defense. And he basically said with that outside zone, it comes down with the three, three, five, it comes down to just beating the safety on that Mm -hmm. side. And unless if your safety is faster than Tommy or our running backs, which none of them are, um, you're going to be wildly successful. So um, in a lot of these situations, you know, is it, is it safety speed? Is it, is it edge? Is it that kind of stuff of just, um, you know, adapting to that because I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the three three five like just doesn't work because we've seen it plenty where it has worked just fine. But um, flexibility, adaptability. But I mean, I think like as that. weaknesses as part of a, a defensive playbook, sure. As the base defense that a team runs. Oh yeah. Almost every play. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like that. I just don't like that we don't have personnel groups. I just hate it. I just, yeah. I just find it amazing that we just run the same look every time. Right. I just think that's wild. Hypers, yes. Uh, the dogs are up. <laughs> they, they were asleep earlier. We had to change out batteries quick on the recorder and turn on the Christmas lights, and dogs are awake. Fire the dogs out. You know, Harris should have just kept running straight. I don't know yeah. if he would have made it at the end zone, but I think he would have been inside the ten. Yeah, looks like it. Uh, Bucko Nutsy asks us if Washington Grizzly is magic. He's never seen a stadium where the momentum swings it. Uh, when the momentum swings, it swings so dramatically. Dramatically. I sure. saw one game of I just think college football can be special. Stadium that, that earlier this year where the momentum swung like three times <laughs> real hard. Yeah. But I think that uh, that's the good college football places have the magic because that's what makes college football special. Yeah. yeah. You've got to and you've got to have the recipe, the fan base that cares, a good team, you know, well coached, all of the above, and sometimes the lines up. Yeah. 
Um, Jeff Blanchett, uh, any story behind the chippiness between us and SEMA last night uh, seemed more like more than just playoff ball for two unfamiliar teams. Um, we do know that SEMO has had a little bit of a reputation for being a chippy team for years. Yeah. Um, we'd heard talk about how the uh, – from our, our Weaver State podcast guys talking about how uh, when SEMO played them in 2018 or something there in the playoffs – that it was um, an incredibly frustrating game with a lot of um, stuff that just left the fans. At that point, the Weber fans called them a dirty team. I didn't think they were. I didn't think they were a dirty team last night, uh, but they were definitely. They played with an edge, and I think we reciprocated because we kind of build a team to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it's just the personality of two teams that was yeah. very similar, and they just they clashed. Yeah, like, and that's what you get. Adam Clinch, how many pass attempts do we need to beat North Dakota State? He says over or under 42.5. I don't even know. I don't That's even like a know. Fair... I mean, statistics would say if you're throwing it 42.5 times against North Dakota State, you're losing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to need to find ways to pass against them to win. Yeah. So, And I think that short passing might be a running game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, someone asked if they like didn't even see Chris Brown on the sideline. GFP tweeted back, definitely he was on the sideline. Side yep. um, I will say he spelled Chris Brown with a C-H, so maybe he was looking for the singer, oh. Chris Brown? The, the uh, GFP corrected him. So, yeah. That uh, <laughs> scoundrel of a man. Oh, uh, man. So that was from Kyle Dyrude, loyal listener, so that was kind of funny. Um, Thanks, Kyle. Gabe, after last night, I've come to realize we have some very talented and dynamic athletes. Who would have thought it? Um, I'll tell you one person who hasn't. Oh. <laughs> Klaus Rohrbach asks, does North Dakota State challenge Ford? Also, NDSU is a similar team to the Cats where they prefer to do damage on the ground. Like we saw, uh, we still saw last night the Grizz struggle against a good running back. Simo's guy had 123 on the ground. Um, how do we effectively contain this? Uh, do we go to a four or five man front instead? Um, what were his yards per carry? They weren't bad. Really? Um, I just got the feeling that four point one. Good job. Yeah. Thirty carries, one hundred twenty-three yards, one yard lost, net of one hundred twenty-two, two touchdowns, long of nineteen, four point one yards per struggling. carry. I mean, I they gave him the ball thirty times. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're <laughs> you're gonna four yards a carry is two touchdowns. I'll take that against. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's see, let's see. Aaron Held. Uh, I think this is one that was... Uh, Did we ask, answer all those questions? Oh, wait, no. Clauses? No. Um, does NDSU challenge forward? I mean, no, because they... they, they no. Why, what, unless things aren't going their challenge. way, I don't know why they would need to. Do they do they yeah. test their 6-6 guy against forward with yeah. a deep shot? Of course. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if challenge in terms of like throw this kid the ball 10 times with a goal of getting him 100-plus yards. Throw at him like Weber did. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was really the only team that had success going at him, right, Weber? Yeah, the large part of it was that he just made a bad decision in one play. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Oof, yeah. Okay, Aaron Held. um, Decision take the 15-yard penalty on the kickoff rather than the point after try or after touchdown. Uh, Best coaching decision of the year. Uh, then forces them to kick the flowers and shift the tie of the game. 
Also, why wait until the middle of the third to open our offensive playbook? <laughs> um, best coaching of the year is maybe a stretch because I think it's a, it was an obvious choice given what's there. But Bobby's smart on that. Like he had, yep. he knew exactly that. Oh, that's an opportunity that we absolutely can come up with something and give Flowers a chance. Yep. Um, good old Grizzly says, will any of you pledge to get a Monty tattoo if we change our defensive scheme to include more big bodies up front? It can be anywhere on the body, but it has to be the size of a dollar bill. Ever or this year in the playoffs? <laughs> did not uh, did not further qualify. If it's this year in the playoffs and we win, maybe. Oh, man. That might be interesting. Maybe. Right. How do we... For now, it's yes. for it's now it's okay. a maybe. Okay. We'll check back in on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> well, Reggie is arguing on Twitter right now in the GFP mentions with this banjo picking chicken. Man, that guy. guy. Holy cow. <laughs> that banjo chicken dude. That's that someone's gotta get a life. Yeah. That is like a scorned Davis fan who is just all we were kind of taunting him a little bit to begin the day it was kind of fun yeah and we haven't responded to him in like 10 hours and there are a lot of grizz fans just going at him because he is just like convinced that it's a travesty that montana's in over davis and like he's looking at it in this bubble of so just like weird. montana and davis and montana got rewarded for having a weaker schedule and it's like maybe in a world where literally the last spot came down to montana and davis they might have looked at the Big Sky Conference record, but there were too many 7-4 teams that yeah. they left out, and the guy's just got to get a life. Yeah, get a life, guy. Right. Uh, okay, Philip Reed shot us a note with a question here. Um, did the Grizz even have a shot against North Dakota State without two special teams touchdowns? Yeah. So do we need to score two special teams touchdowns to no. be in the game? No, we don't. It'd be cool. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah it'd be wonderful. And it's always a spark opportunity, but... No, we don't yeah. need him to win. Plus, I would really like uh, Flowers to just break that record. That'd be awesome. That'd, That'd be, be pretty cool. That'd, yeah. be awesome, That'd be great. awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, okay, let me just check and see, because we tend to get DMs of um, questions for the pod as well, too. So, um, hold on. Grab his face mask? You know, what, uh, the, that Simo QB at the end what, didn't want to be there anymore, and our guy... Tackled him as he was thrown and landed on him. Yeah. And then he, like, grabbed the defender's face mask and, like, pulled him close to him. I'm really surprised the refs didn't call that, actually. <laughs> I wonder what he said to him. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so, um, maybe parlaying or moving on or, or uh, branching off from the previous question, uh, loyal listener and uh, excellent bartender Donovan got uh, sent me a note and says, uh, after doing some research, it seems that North Dakota State does not rank top 50 in kick coverage defense. Interesting. We rank second on returns behind only Weber. What are the odds we see Malik break one? I don't know. This isn't a dome. I'd be shocked if Malik has a return. I would return. be blown away if they yeah. kick to him. Right, especially after like watching just yeah. this game to be like, look, kick it out of bounds. Give him the ball. What is that, 30 or 35? Yeah. I just thought their don't whole do something game up. plan was really dumb. And like, weird. listen to their coach yeah. talk about. And then it he threw his kicker under the bus, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's what." It's you like coach. we wanted to kick at different angles and stuff, and all this, and it's like, yeah, or you could just not kick to him. Yeah, seems like a wise thing. Oh, interesting. So uh, I, I got a tweet here where someone was talking about um, uh, crowd sizes uh, at the first round, 
at the game they announced twenty two thousand. I Sold remember tickets, laughing yeah. about that, but they have the actual scan tickets. 13, the scan is thirteen three ninety. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is more than double the next, which is Delaware. Which I don't understand the twenty two to thirteen. Well, because I had to reserve your tickets. I think that might be um, capacity, not not actual, because that would be would mean they sold it out and they did. Right. Wait here. Yeah, we're twenty five thousand something. Yeah, but it didn't say like it was twenty two. They announced twenty. They announced twenty two in the stadium. But what was in his parentheses in that tweet? Uh, uh, I was a hurt looking at a hurt oh. earlier. At twenty. I mean, like. This I is, just don't the understand the is, difference because like, you had to reserve your tickets. But when you when you buy them in the fall and you put a credit card in Gristix, you can basically just say auto, yeah, bill me. Oh, it did that. And so I think a lot of people who didn't have any intention of coming got auto billed to their tickets. How about you, Kyle? I got screwed. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I thought you oh, were I leading them into they, that, Mike. I can't believe what happened. <laughs> I I didn't. We know. got lucky to like. I mean, we didn't get lucky to get tickets, but we got lucky to get the tickets that we've had for 25 years. We, my dad went in Friday before it's announced. So the Friday before the cat game, uh, with my sister, uh, reserves our tickets. Uh, they, they take his credit card information and they they say, well, enter this on your account because he changed credit card information. Um, and they say, if there's a game, we'll charge your card yeah. and we'll email you. So on Thanksgiving, we just we just happened to look at our account, and they only showed four tickets. And we we're like, what? We should have five. So I called them the next day and find out that not only did they not enter my dad's credit card information, they sold our tickets, and my dad and I had to go. I had to buy five other tickets that happened to be in our row. But then my dad and I had to go in there, and we were like, you have to contact those people and tell them you sold them tickets that were not for, for sale. sale. Like you have to fix this. And like, they weren't apologetic. Uh, the first thing that the manager said to us was we're changing our system for next year. I hope so. And <laughs> it's not a knock. No, it's cause it, I had a completely different experience with them. Like I, yeah. cause I, my parents like the, yeah, we were all we we're all the desperado when you were trying to figure. Yeah, this out. Yeah, we're trying to yeah. figure this out, and it's like, and somehow my parents have two different accounts, neither of which they understand. The switch to digital has been really tough on a certain people, and so like the password that my mother knows is linked to her Grizz tickets account, but somehow my dad has a Grizz tickets account, and those are the ones that the football tickets are linked to. Every year in the off season, I talk to the athletic department about we should transfer them, and we've just never done it, and that's yeah. on on me, because um, you know my basketball tickets work just fine. And so I, I emailed Colson at the QB Club. I was like, hey, get me in touch with somebody to make sure that I can get this correct. And he did. Um, and they were very helpful. But I don't, like, and, and somehow, and this is really interesting, my dad's GrizzTix account has my email address on it. Oh. But my email address is also on my GrizzTix account. So I don't know that I could get into his account to get the tickets if I wanted to. He would just to. sign you into your account. <laughs> Um, but so it's th- like, they were very helpful. The, the the frustrating thing is, this isn't new. This whole playoff thing, like it's not new to you guys. Well, I feel like they Sorry. they switch to digital and um, there's not a assurance there because like when I called and so they're like, yeah. "Yep, your credit card's on there." I was like, "Well, are you going to give me like an email that yeah. says that it's there?" And they're like, "Well, we'll process it." But it's like, "Well, once you process it, it's too late almost." Yeah. So so I I tweeted about this experience and it turned out it happened to a lot of people. 
a lot of people did not get their tickets or a lot of people did not get email confirmation and like i don't know they gotta fix that stuff because like uh that's just a bad bad thing it is sorry kyle how close were you to your no we eventually got it they eventually changed it and they called the people and they got us our tickets but it oh amazing it took way more effort than it should have a little frustrating Yeah. yeah uh okay that is most twitter Egris, Egris, um, UT Grizz fan uh, states uh, hates to come off as being a dead horse, but if the offense sputters again versus North Coast State, will it be a time to move on from Rosenbach. Hundred percent, It's it's Has, already it's beyond time. time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, city ordinance says so. City ordinance. No, no, no. Uh, UT, uh, UT Grizz fan also says, as UC Davis showed this season how they scheduled themselves out of the playoffs, should we change the 2023 Ferris State game? And if so, who should we try to schedule? I tweeted about this um, and actually tweeted at Kent, and Kent said he, he'd love to do a pod just kind of talking about scheduling. Maybe we just do like a quick one. We really should. Um, I, what it sounds like is we grabbed Ferris State as a placeholder, and then we just ran out of time. And now it's like now that it's like happening next year, it's Almost damn near impossible because there was somebody Austin P who was another seven and four team that's like we deserve to go and their coach had this big blustery like video on Twitter about how they got screwed and all this stuff. Um, and it was it you Kyle or someone was like, or no, there was some. I think it was like Kenley or one of the other like uh, regular. Uh, his Twitter guys like retweeted and was like, "Hey, come to Missoula." So I was like, "Oh, maybe they've got an open date with us." And they, they don't. don't. No, but that, that's kind of what started the conversation of like, you know, can we sub these guys out? Sounds like probably not. Damn it, because I, I worry about that. Like that's and that's what we, that's why we were didn't get to see this year. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, everyone's focusing on they have nine wins, but I mean, what they it really just, only have eight D one wins. Yeah, I mean, what it just shows for Montana. If, I mean, obviously the goal. I mean, your your margin for error for a seed is one game, maybe. Yeah. I mean, ten and one in your end mm-hmm. as a seed, nine and two, and then especially one of those nine and two is Ferris it's basically State, eight and two. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I'd like to get like a CAA team, like a team we've never played or something like that. Yeah. Like a South, Unless, maybe a like, Southland team. Because like next year, our out conference is Ferris State. State and like Butler. Here and to, and you and then we go to Utah Tech. Utah Tech. At Utah Tech. We're going to that, right? I've asked this like five times. Sure. Like, that would be fun. St. Yeah. George. What are we flying to Vegas and drive cool. down? What, yeah. what are we going to do? Yeah. All right. Slap a lot better than driving down. <laughs> Central Utah is not the prettiest draft. Well, I mean, I don't want to drive all the way there. <laughs> Let's go play Dion. That'd be awesome. I'd, I'd love it if is Isn't Dion going to be coaching at Colorado next year? Yeah, let's go play Colorado. Perfect. <laughs> beat him. We probably could beat him. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, MT Grizz Real. Do you think the Grizz will add in a better run-stopping defensive scheme for NDSU? I think we've kind of – the consensus is probably not. Um, he would like to see it add a four-man front with Governor and Alfred at the same time. Uh, more beef matches, yeah. And like I said, I in concept, I think it makes sense. But then, like, if – I don't know. There's that – that balance of I don't know that I would go bodies, fresh guys. legs. I think yeah. I would like to see like a governor Diari Todd in the middle, and then like see what Edwards we can do with the edges. Houston on the edge or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> wondering if the staff will take the reins off Lucas Johnson. 
Take the reins off Daniel Britt. Interesting. See, now, you are in such a different level of Daniel Britt than I am. <laughs> I know I am. Like, I feel like your approach has become what people associate with the GFP. And it didn't help that, you know, somebody it. who wasn't it. me oh, tweeted out during the game. The, the Bernie Sanders meme, which was hilarious. Yeah, and that like, was so Someone's funny. like, hi, Mike. It's like, it wasn't me, it was Britt. <laughs> you did that? It was me. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. <laughs> I once again... <laughs> But I will say we're at the point in the game where they they just did the final knee and they're shaking hands. And Johnson and Britt were celebrating right with each other, like pumped yeah. up. So they yeah. clearly have a good relationship, yeah. which yeah. I feel like is a positive thing. Big time. Um, yeah, that was hilarious. I did not see that there was – I caught that comment this morning or something where someone's like, oh, hi, Mike. Because <laughs> – um, you know, I'm still hey, trying to get us jerseys. Hey, the other benefit of a uh, you know a smaller crowd is like your internet actually works on your yeah. phone during yeah. the game, and so I was able to just That's like another list. I like, was able to like just bust out the meme generator real fast and crank out one of those fast Bernie Sanders that memes. Was great. <laughs> the offense was not doing too great in the first half. So, um, Markson asks a question I don't think we've touched on before. Why doesn't Junior Bergen get at least one touch every game? Why doesn't Junior Bergen get at least five <laughs> touches every game? Mark said, obviously, just having fun with it. But, dude, we've, yeah. Um, okay, Everett Grizz. Oh, we had a question for James. But, fortunately, James did answer the question. So, Everett this says, did your dad let you stay up to watch the entire game? As revealed, he did stay up, but he was with. He was yeah. still on. Yeah. He was. He's still on Thanksgiving yeah. break, and uh, yeah, with family. Yeah. yeah. Um. What's better, leftover turkey sandwich or leftover turkey pot pie? Sandwich. Sandwich. I'm gonna go sandwich, but you know, turkey pot pie. Like you can make a run. You can, I could be convinced. It's probably gonna have a QB club in it. What do you put on your sandwich? I'm not gonna be there. On a turkey put, sandwich? Yeah, yeah. What do you do? I'll do like a little pepper jack cheese and some, uh, like some mayo, and then maybe I'll like. I'll like grill it, like toast it up. Do you? I mean, like is, is that's any, your day after Thanksgiving. Is there any gravy sandwich? involved in that sandwich? Is there any what? Is there any gravy involved in that sandwich? No, probably not. I nailed the gravy this year. Just nice, straight from the bird drippings. <laughs> I nailed it. It's awesome. Why is he laughing? <laughs> this is funny. This is <laughs> these are legitimate this things is, to brag about, this is Kyle. Really funny where it came. Out. It just I didn't nailed expect, it. I didn't expect it. The turkey, to great too. Like, I, I went were down to Arizona, it. and you know we had ham, and I did the turkey. Nailed the gravy. It was I great. You were going to say you nailed the day after Thanksgiving sandwich. No, see, this is the problem the of going somewhere else for Thanksgiving. I don't have any leftovers. I know. That is the worst. That is honestly the worst. I took a bunch from my aunt this year. Yeah, I mean, you should. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, because, yeah, all, all your uh, – hmm, yeah, that's, we uh, we did not do a Thanksgiving day. I mean, our family had that that bug that's running through people left oh, and right. So oh. my family's whole family side fell apart and – so, not a lot of leftovers on our side. Bummer. Yeah. I'm not the biggest turkey guy, though. Although, no, I'm not a huge turkey guy, but no. I like to I like to do it so it's on good. A sandwich when it's like you got the stuffing and mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce. Oh, it's so, like, oh, it's wow. so okay, good. You know, oh, yeah. Wow. See, so, you're speaking right language. Turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes See, in yeah. a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just go for it. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I've never tried that. The turkey we did have um, that evening with neighbors, I've, I've not had a deep fried turkey before. So good. That's a game changer for turkey, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I'm oh, not wow. the biggest, biggest turkey fan. It's not that I don't like it. I just don't go out of my way for That's it. That's the way we do well, it every year. If we ever oh, have Thanksgiving together, let's uh, let's deep fry it. Whew. It's real good. Yes. 
Um, Real dangerous. Dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll bring my new friends at the fire department with us. Uh, Everett also says the analyst for the game, I guess the color analyst, was terrible. I, I didn't listen to it. Not well. great in whatever you watch. Um, ask who your all-time say, best broadcast team is. that we were arguing with? That stone guy? No. Oh, no? No. Oh, that'd be okay. Because I thought he his little bio thing said something about ESPN. I think some sort yeah, of local guy. ESPN something okay. or other. Yeah. Uh, Everett also wants to know who our best broadcast team of all time is. For a Grizz game? For anything. College, NFL. Ooh. I mean, I grew up on John Madden and Pat Summerall, so. Yeah. Um, I really like Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy. I'm an, I'm an Al Michaels fan. Um but I really like Mike Tirico, too, to be perfectly honest. As a Packer fan, I like Joe Buck because everyone thinks Joe Buck's like a Packer homer. But um, I have know. no problem with Buck and Aikman. I know that's not a popular take. Yeah, I have I, no I problem like with them. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's some fun guys out there. I mean, Gus. Um, Gus Johnson. Johnson. He did, that, he did the, the Ohio State-Michigan game. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely an acquired taste, I guess. Right? You either probably love him or hate him. I love him. <laughs> I, I, he's always fun to I listen to. There's some um, great NBA duos. Oh yeah, like local guys. I don't listen to NBA. I don't listen to enough like NBA to. Yeah. You give yourself a league pass and jump around. Jump in. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm no. I already know the answer to this question. Uh, Grizz zone read is hampered by Lucas's limited mobility. What can be done to help get the rush game going? Gee. I'm not going to say it. Short passes. <laughs> oh. How's that? I'm not going to shit all over Johnson. Like I feel like this has turned into like when he, he no. I I really like Johnson, yeah. but I just if that was a thing, whereas yeah. mobility, yeah. I mean, it's fair. Yeah. Uh, will North Dakota State run for over or under 400 yards? Under. 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 God, they better. Wolf. Um. What GFP guest over the years does the group think would have the worst look in a Speedo? Oh, God, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> oh. That's all I can do but think about oh, it. Oh, God, no, no. <laughs> what entrance do you use when you go to eat at Double Front? Just the front door on. I use both sides. I guess I've, I've gone through both sides. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a. I don't, I don't have, have a real strong preference on that. Yeah. Do you know Flippers? Has, cool flippers has one of the ten best burgers in Montana. I what Flippers? Have. Yeah. Great burger. Seriously? Oh yeah. Brent, we should get lunch at Flippers this week. Let's do it. Let's right. do it. Okay. Let's all do it. You can come too. <laughs> it's a block away from my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just begging. Here's <laughs> lunch. Have you guys have you guys ever thought about having a student from the U of M Business School produce your podcast as an internship so four hours of gibberish uh, can be reduced to one hour? Um, is this your sister's Twitter Do you account? Not get the I don't show. Know. This does sound so like something my sister. Would I just say. don't understand that. Like, I, I look. We, we this is a free podcast. We are producing this ourselves. <laughs> I understand four hours long. We don't really want to do four hours either regularly. Shit happens. It's fun. It's a fun podcast. Like, you know don't what? listen to all four hours. You got the fast forward button. I was going to say, or like some people have pointed out, like do it on like 1.75 speed and you fly through it. And it sounds funny. Uh, and I'll tell you what, our four hour pod was the most listened to pod yeah, of all the time. The most listened to pod we have ever done. So, which 
also means it's the most listened to pod about Grizzly Athletics that's ever happened. Yeah, so number one pod. In the Eat state, it. Right? Uh, 406 wants to know why uh, Garrett Graves doesn't play more. His productivity for a number of plays is off the charts. He did more damage in the two series he's on the field than either of the two he rotates with. I feel like the Grizz continue to waste his talent, according to 406. You know, one thing I can think about with that, um, I think we, we saw some earlier film, especially the, the first five games with the run-up um, with, with much better play. But there would always be like one series where a touchdown was given up on a misread, and sometimes it was number five. Um, not saying that that's the be-all, end-all, because like you pointed out, like Justin Ford screwed up in the Weaver game and <clears throat> led to a wide-open touchdown. So guys make mistakes. No one yeah. expects them to be perfect. Um, I can understand the sentiment, though. I mean, I love having Garrett out there. That pick he had and the way he plays, I think, um, I don't know. I, I think more of Graves on the field, the better. But they also rotate on these safeties. We've talked mm-hmm. about this before, that Trajan Cotton's kind of your more of your cover guy. So I would guess for NDSU, we'll probably see Garrett on the field a ton because he's kind of that tweener guy mm-hmm. where Cotton – is a little bit he's the converted corner so he's more of the the, the rangy guy yeah that's a good point i hadn't thought about that yeah. but that's that would be an interesting personnel change yeah um interesting um okay grizz iron asks one of the concerns that came up when bobby was rehired was that is in his first go around here he brought in a couple um students of questionable character do you think that this has limited his ability to recruit top talent if he has no. concerns about no. a player? I would say absolutely not. No, uh, He's he's brought in t- plenty of transfer talent. Yeah. Like yeah. Justin Ford is yeah. a transfer. Jerry like Todd. Yeah. Yep. I mean. Johnson. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. And great kids, right? Yep. Excellent yeah. students. No, like, I just, I think that the standard at UM is they just, they, they need to be more cautious and pay attention more. And that's been the standard for a decade plus now. And yep. I mean, knock on wood, that seems to have been a very good approach. Yeah, it's working great. Um, okay. Iowa Grizz says, the gang from last week's podcast decides to go on a road trip to Fargo for the game, an easy 14-hour drive. Who is the sober chauffeur? Who is responsible for the music? Who is the first to break uh, the, the bathroom seal? And who passes out slash who fall, or who falls asleep first? Coulter will take over your music and try to convince you that Creed was a good band. Oh, no. That's a guarantee. See, my problem is, is my music tastes are not in line with anyone else. So I'm the sober driver. Yes. There we go. Mike's driving. We've done plenty of road trips. We just... Yeah. Where was, which which Schmidt break the seal? I don't know. I mean, I'm the oldest guy in the group. Schmidt, so maybe I got the old man bladder. I was going to say, I feel like Coulter <laughs> would break the seal. Schmidt's a wild card. Like you don't know what trouble he's going to get you into on a road trip, and then Ooh, yeah. him not getting any That's trouble. That's a great road trip partner. But you somehow end up like you know in handcuffs on the side of the highway. <laughs> no, that's not a great road trip. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Um, last question from Grizzar number one: How helpful would it have been to have that indoor practice facility right now? This is why we need it. It'd be nice. But. Yeah, it'd be great, but I, I really think the indoor practice facility is more about recruiting than yeah. yeah. 
But I mean, for like this specific week, we're playing yeah. in the dome oh. and we got to practice outside. Absolutely. Right no, it would be helpful. Oh, we did get an answer to um, from CDA Grizz that just popped in like literally 10 minutes ago uh, to the questions from Iowa about who's sober, who's responsible, blah, blah, blah. And he answered Luke to all four. Luke, 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 Luke. That's fair. <laughs> Luke's music choices would be, I don't even know what his music of choice he'd, is. He'd surprise you with what he'd come at you with. Yeah. it's uh, Luke's got some depth that people don't realize. He's a well-read. He can talk to you out of it. Well, this doesn't surprise people, but he can talk to you on a very philosophical level. About we had a, a wonderful conversation yeah. on the way to <laughs> yeah, end Yeah, Kyle and Luke basically developed a new curriculum for a, a college. At the Based university. off the wire. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right, that's our questions. Hey, this was fun. You know, Saturday was fun. It, you needed something like that, and I'm glad we made the playoffs so that the cat game wasn't our end of the road for our seniors and fun to get them another day in Washington Grizz and I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. And, I, and you know, that's a great point though too with the seniors. Cause it was, uh, I tweeted after the game, but like Marcus Walno was the last guy off the field and he was, it seemed like he was like having kind of like a, like a, 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 an emotional moment doing it. And so it was just like, just a, like a great reflection of the commitment and the time that these seniors put in. And so, who the hell knows? I guess there's an extremely rare chance we could see the Grizz in Washington Grizz in two weeks. Obviously, the odds are incredibly stacked against us. But so to be able to, like, guys like Marcus, who came here, I think, as a stit recruit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in-depth, you know, coaching change, and then, you know, 37 is senior year, and then, of course, you know, who knows what all, you know, the 37 – <laughs> background work was going on in August this year, but to go through all that and then to like be there in Washington Grizzly um, in his final game to like a comeback win in front of a small but super electric fun crowd. I think it was just, I think it was super cool to like, and, and, and not just for him obviously, but for everybody else, our seniors and presumably guys that are maybe um, like Alex Hurlbert who are, you know, deciding to move on uh, to their next step in life uh, from here. But, I, it was a great way to send them out. So I'm glad we we're able to do that. It, it gives you a, just a little bit better warm fuzzies about some of the other kind of shitty sides of this season that we've had to go through. So, yeah. yeah. And as fans, if that was the last game we get to watch at the Washington Grizzly this year, like that was an it was fun. Awesome. Oh, like, yeah. 30 minutes or yeah. whatever it was. Like that was <laughs> like, that was just a lot of fun. And it's just like, I like to have one of those games because it, it reminds everybody on the team why they came here. Yep. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, the Montana kids watching who maybe after that cat game are like, uh, yeah. what's going on? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, no, that's yeah. a fun place to be, too. Absolutely. Um, it's 11, 13 at night, so this is the earliest pod we've had in a while. Yeah, we're not even going to push three hours on this. I'm half tempted to go fix my Grinch uh, Christmas sleigh uh, inflatable. You do in the need front structure. Yard. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to go do to with bed myself. <laughs> I, mean, I just want it to, I want it to be there when James comes home, you know? Uh, I get you. Uh, what time does he get home tomorrow? Like three something. Oh, you got all the time in the world. Yeah. I, you know, I need a service to come do, do Christmas lights for me. <laughs> Is it going to be difficult for you guys to get back into work tomorrow? Like back into work mode? Um, Not really. No? I have a budget meeting at 10, so. You don't have a choice. Yeah. I've been jumping ready, bouncing real estate stuff through the whole holiday, through the whole weekend. Sold the house so. this weekend, actually. Oh, congratulations! You did? Yeah, I did too. 
Well, allegedly. Wow. We don't have the contract back. Oh, we got the contract back. So <sighs> okay. Hopefully you didn't work. sell the house I thought I sold. Realtor of the year. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you didn't win it twice in a row. Damn it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. That's not how it works. Not how it works. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> awesome. All right. Hey, Sample, it's always great when you stop by. The only thing that would have been better is if we had Luke, too, because I think the four of us have a lot of fun together. Yeah. It would have been wonderful to have Luke. I was let down when I found out that he had to trudge his way back. I was, well, us too, and I'm you know, I'm glad yeah. that he didn't try and rush it to get here, yeah. but I think that you compliment the three of us well. It would have been a good talk, but that just means we have to have you back. There you go. Um, Brent, um, well, shit, both of you. I hope you enjoy your Vegas trip. That's going to be Enjoy blast. the Pac-12 championship, whatever else you do down there, you know. Um, and find a place to watch the Grizz game. James has basketball games, so I'll probably be watching it on my phone in a gym. Oh, fun. <laughs> It'll <God>. be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it will just like us. All right. People if, will be wondering. <laughs> if we know you, we'll see you soon. If not, we know we'll do a pod sometime in the next week, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Go Grizz. Fight on.